and welcome to the Dramatized Podcast. I'm Lisa Ellis. I'm Kelsey Maple. And today, we come to you as liars. <laughs> liars with a strong sense of deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like to talk about it because Kelsey feels very guilty. <laughs> anyway, it's just a lot of things have happened and it's been a long weekend, okay? And it has been a, it's Tuesday. <laughs> is it, it's been a long week. <laughs> so well, let's start at the beginning. So oh, originally God. we told you last episode mm-hmm. that we would, our next drama would be cheese in the trap. Yeah. And that was our plan. And we even, we recorded four episodes. Well, two episodes of the podcast about cheese in the trap. And then Lisa here, me decided to watch the King eternal monarch on netflix and i was like so entranced and then i texted kelsey and i was like oh haha it would be fun to talk about this drama and she was like but what if yeah and i got all excited so then we're like okay we're doing this and we switched and and we thought it'd be so fun because it's coming out every week friday and saturday one episode each mm-hmm. on netflix and so we can do it kind of real time and so that's why we also were like let's switch our well, actually, I guess at first we thought we could keep our normal upload date. Yeah. And then another part of the story happened. <laughs> yeah. So I was able to write down all the notes for the first episode. Yeah. We were we were hustling. It was yeah, great. Because we were like, we're going to upload this on Monday. It's going to be fine. Whatever. We're still on top of it. Yeah. And so then we decided to have a FaceTime session with all the friends and decided to let's drink some wine or in Lisa's case some whiskey and <laughs> you know how I do and so during said drinking I accidentally spilled a little bit of wine on my laptop and it wasn't even that much that's what makes me so angry and I immediately cleaned it up and it was yeah. fine but then like 15 minutes later my laptop crashed and it is basically no more so I've to send it in via the mail to get it fixed that's so, crazy how long is that gonna take i have no idea they well it oh, got no. here pretty quickly i already have the box to send it out oh, in. that's good that's so good. yeah and i messaged them on sunday <laughs> about it so yeah so i already have it so now that's i got promising yeah put it in so hope maybe i'll have it by next week fingers crossed because right now i'm working on my old toshiba that i've had for six or seven years and i it's a whole setup but it's she working lives. right now yeah so then so i didn't have kelsey may do she came in like an mvp did her notes again for episode one yeah and we were like this is fine you know what we'll just move the upload date to wednesday which i think is for the the best in the end yeah um because that now we'll have more time rather than trying to turn it around really quickly from watching on saturday to uploading on monday yeah Um, so hopefully it'll be better quality now and so yeah and then and then (laughs) so we recorded recorded yesterday after Kelsey had to take her notes again. <laughs> uh, and lo and behold, after doing two hours of this, I find out that my side hadn't been recording for basically the entire thing. I recorded a minute and 26 seconds <laughs> of this two-hour podcast. <laughs> it was a moment. It was a moment. So we decided not to just do the first episode over again, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we thought we had to get something done because it was like 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> so we recorded the second episode, 
before the first episode now, because we're going back and recording the first episode, so <laughs> it's just a whole big mess. So things, some things might not match up. We're going to try to say the same things again, but I doubt we will 100%, but it's going to be a fun time, mm-hmm. all part of the process. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. The king, here we go. eternal monarch. Again, I said the same thing. Here we go. Again, in my notes. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> With another Netflix You're doing it right. original series. And we got ourselves a beautiful opening credit scene. So beautiful. And we start off with the story of the flute. <sighs> <laughs> See, the pro- last night, <laughs> I didn't say anything for like an hour. Now it's from the beginning. <laughs> now I'm, I'm so sorry. In- oh, my goodness. So we start off with the story of the flute. Flute? I don't know. However you say flute. I mean, I think you're saying it right. I think it's just a funny word. True. In the year 682, King Cinnamon? Like cinnamon. I mean, (laughs) received a bamboo flute from the Dragon King of the East Sea. When the flute is played, enemies would retreat, diseases would be cured, rain would fall during droughts. The rainy season would end, the wind would stop, and strong waves would subside. The person telling the story is Lilim, who is being interrogated and is handcuffed and covered in blood. He's being interrogated by our main gal, Tail. The flute was named Manpak... Oh, God. Manpasikjok. It's a mouthful. It's, yeah, I was just about to say, it's a, a very big mouthful. It's mostly deemed as a myth. Tail's partner, police partner, reads off Lim's name and date <laughs> Not of birth. romantic partner. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> His date of birth is February 27th, 1951. So he should be 70 years old. But he doesn't appear to have aged at all. Lim explains that he's hardly aged since 1994 because he got his hands on the flute. Now I'm always going to laugh whenever I say flute. It's just a funny word. It really is, especially (laughs) when you say it so much. He took it from his brother, who didn't believe in the flute's power. Tail asks Lim if he killed his brother. However, Lim continues explaining that the flute was revealed only once every 20 years to wish peace upon the world. Tail cuts off his story and asks him again if he killed his brother. Lim says, yes, I did. Because he was allowed to see the flute every day, his naive brother who became king just because he was born the legitimate son did not do anything when he had the world in his hands he didn't even know that the flute would bring the world to him to be exact two different worlds then we get the scene where two stone pillars are shown in a forest and lightning is flashing and it's very dramatic lim did expect that one day his nephew would face that legend too just like him and we see a beautiful man on a beautiful white horse in front of these two stone pillars. Ah, uh, ye. Uh, more like, ah, uh, Lee. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's back for the military. I celebrated that last night. I have to celebrate it again. <laughs> yes. First drama back. Kim Golan, our gal. At least we kind of stuck with, with at least the main actress from Cheese in the Trap. Yeah. So, and we love her. We do love her. She's very good. So good. They're they're all good. It's very true. Then we get this close-up of his sword, which is called Four Tiger Sword. Great name. Back to the winter of 1994 in the Kingdom of Korea. With a C. Here it's, we go. <laughs> 
It's snowing on the city. We're taken to an ornate room where Lim is inspecting the four tiger sword. Lim's full title is Prince Imperial Gum Li Lim, and he's Li Gon's uncle. It was a lot. And who else was Yirim? I thought it was with an R. Uh, well, there. I think it's interchangeable in this case because it's the same alphabet letter. See, I wouldn't know that because I can't read Korean, but you can. So thank you <laughs> for that tidbit. I mean, I haven't seen either in Korean, so I'm just guessing. Oh. But. Hmm. But I think because, yeah. yeah, I don't know what else it would be. I don't know. But call back to Rookie Historian. <laughs> yeah, another Yudim. This one is not as good. Yeah. I mean, he's great in his own way. Like, he's great at being the worst. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Yidim was a good boy. Yes. The inscription on the sword is, The sky and the ground help the earth balance, defeat the bad, and make things just. One of Lim's goons. We have more goons. Goons. Let's Lim know where the king is. They go meet the king, killing all the guards on the way. We see the king locking the flute in its case when he hears the gunman coming. The king is surrounded and Lim enters. The king asks him what he's doing. And Lim says, do you still not know what I'm going to do? Which the delivery of that line was amazing. That actor, he's so good. He's so good. I, I love him already. He's so, I feel like I've seen him in another drama. Maybe you have. Because... Upon watching it the second time, I was like, why do I recognize you? But maybe I don't. Because I honestly have not watched that many dramas. <laughs> Let's know be him real. from a dream. I don't know. Maybe. We can look. The king says it's treason. Lim unsheaths the sword and says that to the king, it may be nothing but treason. But he picked up the sword to gain something even greater. The king asks if Lim does not fear the punishment from the heavens. Lim walks up to him, leaving bloody footprints in his wake. Lim says, I plan to become the very being who gives punishment from the skies, your majesty. God never created humans. It was the weak who created God. Then Lim stabs the king and... <gasps> <sighs> That's a mood. <laughs> Just such a round, line. It's round so of applause for the screenwriter yes she is phenomenal and just like the delivery everything it's such a good yes. like not not to say that like i support what he's saying necessarily yeah, no. but it's just it's such a good sentiment and i feel like it sets so much up for his character of mm -hmm. like okay this is a man who thinks he is a god yes or he's trying to gain things to make himself a god his ultimate right. goal is to be god Lim throws down the sword opens the glass case and takes the flute a boy, the king's son, Ligon, enters with bloodied feet to find his father Ugh. dead. This scene was, was so nasty. hard to watch. Yeah, well, just like the morbidity of him just like walking his little bare feet, just slap, slap, slap through the blood. Ugh. Ugh. Like, that's dark. Yeah. He runs over to him crying and tries to stop the bleeding with his hands. Lim says, this is too bad. You're an orphan now, your highness. What I love about Lim is that he's so awful, but he's still so goddamn polite. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's a new kind of, it's a, it's a princely villain. Yeah. I like villains who are very proper and polite, but just still so evil. Yeah. 
Gon runs over and picks up the sword. Lim smirks and asks, do you really think you can hurt me with that? Gon replies with, I will try, and slices forward, and Lim tries to defend himself with the flute, or he tries yeah. to get out of the way. What the heck was he trying to do? It was like he was trying to catch the sword or something, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, boy, you are going to get hurt if you try to do that. Yeah, I, I know. I don't, I'm not 100% sure what he was trying to do, because the flute was in his left hand, and he was, and Gon was going for his left side, and he, like, swings his arm in front of his body. I don't know. It was a very strange move. I guess he just panics. I mean, I guess it, it also could play into the, uh, you know, he underestimates the weak because he's all about power. True. i probably reading way too much into that, but I'm going to throw it out there. Do it. It's Read a character it. moment. Yes. It's not just a plot device because they needed the flute to break in half. So, yeah, the flute is sliced in half. Gon turns and orders the guards to arrest Lim for treason. He turns back to Lim and tells him that he strips Lim of his royal status and sentences him to the maximum pen- penalty. A- sentences sentences him to the maximum penalty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of T's being thrown around here. Sentences him to the maximum penalty in accordance with national law. Okay, did you see how hard that was for me to say? Imagine how hard it was for a seven-year-old to say that. (laughs) (laughs) True. I don't know how to say it in Korean, though. Maybe it's even harder. Maybe. Lim tells him, you sound like the crown prince for the first time in your life. Again, he's seven. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) What did you expect him to do? (laughs) I'm excited when my seven-year-old nephew washes his hands by himself. (laughs) (laughs) What did you want from him? (laughs) Then one of Lim's henchmen comes up and points a gun at Gon's head, and the rest of them do the same. Then we see someone walking in with sneakers on, and they pick up one of the guns from the fallen guards. I like how you emphasize the sneakers. (laughs) I thought it was because it was such a contrast between, like, all the ornateness in the room, and everybody was dressed in suits and, like, good shoes and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And then in comes this person who's in it's just like these sneakers and it's like oh yeah it's the 90s i forgot <laughs> true but i feel it's like you see those sneakers and you're like oh yeah it's about to go down Aye. Aye. back in the room lim says he will kill gone lim picks up the other half of the flute shoves gone against a pillar and says that he's been waiting his whole life to do this before slowly stabbing gone in the neck with one piece of the flute. Ugh. Yeah, I know. That was so hard to watch. Yeah, that poor kid. That's such a cute kid, too. Don't hurt him. Gon passes out, and Lim releases him when he hears a gunshot ring out. The glass ceiling above them shatters. The person comes in from the hallway, and an alarm starts blaring. Then the person starts firing on the guards. The person tries to fire on Lim, but he's shoved out of the way, and he drops one half of the flute. Gon comes to and picks it up. One of Lim's goons says they have to leave, but Lim is frantically looking for the other flute piece. Finally, Lim says they can leave and they run off. We get this beautiful sideways shot of Gon laying on the ground with snow falling down on him, and then the person who came in to save him like, walks over to him to see if he's still alive. Very pretty scene. Yes, yes we love that aesthetic. <laughs> that goblin aesthetic. Gon reaches out to them and grabs a hold of their badge as they get up and walk away. The only thing we see on the badge is Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency. 
The next morning, the news reveals that Lim killed the king and he'll be stripped of his position and everyone is wearing black mourning ribbons. Gon is appointed next in line of the kingdom of Korea with a C and will be crowned king. The second in line is... <laughs> There's only one kingdom of Korea. <laughs> but okay. The second in line is Prince Buyong, or as I will be preferring to him, preferring to him? Referring to him as uh, Professor Lee Jong-in. Jong-in steps off the plane and is greeted by an older lady, the head court lady, named Oknam. As they walk together, he asks if the crown prince is okay. Oknam apologizes and states that asking about the crown prince's state in the current situation could lead to misunderstandings. This is just an interesting scene because we get to see how this kingdom of Korea with a C, as you call it, it operates in this cool mix of mm-hmm. modern and traditional that I guess the monarchy is kept alive. I just think it's such a cool setting because we saw it with the king wearing his robes that are very traditional and we see it now in having court ladies and having these servants and it's a fun I, I just think it's a it's a fun setting but also seeing this and seeing the court ladies I was like they better not have any fucking eunuchs in this show I cannot <laughs> like go through that again up that word one too many times a rookie historian we don't need it here we have we, yeah, we like we've already ruined our reputation with that yeah. word I'm not going through it again I can't do it but it is a what else? Oh, I do think it, it works out well that we, we started off with Rookie Historian and we, we know some yeah. things about Joseon Korea and traditional Korean structure and garb and all that. So it, it was a really nice setup for this one, I think. We went from like period drama to modern yeah. drama to yeah. a mix of both. Also, I like that the Kingdom of Korea's symbol is that flower. I kept seeing it and being like, I really like that symbol. Yeah. That's such a, like, what? It's so pretty and aesthetic. Ah, uh, love it. Jung-in says people will gossip anyway. He asks where Lim is. Oknam tells him that the royal guard and the police are working together to find him. If he's still anywhere in Busan, he will be found. We see the police searching people's vehicles, searching the airport, and sending out search teams with dogs to sniff him out. Jong-in doesn't seem as optimistic. He believes Lim would have prepared an escape plan first, which I agree. Yeah, and that's also an interesting thing they bring up is that they're in Busan, and it seems like Busan is the seat of power and royal government in royal governance in yeah, this instead world. of Seoul. Which is so just interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because for a short period of time, Busan was the seat of power, right? Yeah. During the Korean War, yeah, for a very because it was the only place basically left that hadn't been. And also, Lisa told me this yesterday: is that Busan is the second largest city in korea so it makes sense that it's brought up a lot because <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> is busan the new york of korea to which lisa said i think seoul is more like the new york of korea <laughs> I, yeah. no, I was just like i don't really know what you mean <laughs> i would say busan's more like the la it's got the beach vibes i don't know this is just dumb and dumber <laughs> asking each other questions that neither know about. <laughs> I am dumber, j- so just so it. everybody knows. Then we see Lim stumbling through a bamboo forest. 
The wind starts to pick up and the trees sound like they're parting and lightning flashes. The stones appear and a fracture portal forms between them. It leads to the Republic of Korea. And it's still the winter of 1994. Is the Republic of Korea spelled with a K or a C, Kelsey? I'm just so confused. You know, Is your to name make spelled you with happy, a K or a C? I was going to skip that part, but you know, whatever. <laughs> It is the Republic Kelsey. of Korea with a no. K. You, you, <laughs> thank you. Lim walks down the street, still covered in blood, and no one gives him a second glance. He looks around and sees things are slightly different. <laughs> like there being a president <laughs> and Korea being a republic. Yep. People in Seoul have seen some shit. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm-mm, bloody man. I mean, I probably would have Tuesday. done the same thing. Like saw him been like, mm, there's a bloody man. I'm going to walk what? the opposite direction. <laughs> He goes over to a newspaper stand to read the paper. A man runs into him and falls, but the man stands up and accuses Lim of shoving him. The man spins him around and he recognizes Lim because it's the alternate king. Gasp. Lim asks him if he's his older half-brother and the king says, when were you not? <laughs> he's freaking out and asking Lim how he's walking around and starts feeling up his legs like a lot. Like really he re- he's really feeling him up. Before Lim shoves him to the ground, which same Why because I was like, like <laughs> even if I was amazed at like one of my siblings being able to walk, I would not be feeling them up like that. It's just personal space, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like some of the things you have described doing with your sisters far past that boundary. No. (laughs) I can tell you for a fact, I never felt up one of my sisters. (laughs) You're making it seem so much like... You're making this into something that it does not. It's just very handsy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, he gets a little handsy with his wife. That was dark. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) oh my goodness Lim asks the king where his brother is now so Lim goes to the house to find his alternate self sitting in a wheelchair and potentially mentally disabled so it looks like he either had a stroke or he was in some sort of accident Lim gets in his face and says you're living such a lowly life well you and I do look alike but we don't just look alike I'm you you in a different world but I'm very different from you. I'm much nobler than you. Lim then snaps his alternate's Ooh. neck. Just like that. Oh. Like yeah, and I think this goes back to what you were saying about his sort of like almost aggressive mm-hmm. politeness, like weaponized politeness. And that it's like he comes into this alternate world and he's just kind of looking around like, okay, I accept this. And then he sees himself, like looks himself in the eyes and he's just like, yeah, you weak yep. fuck. And, like, breaks his neck. Like, it's just the way that he just takes everything in with that, like, cold, mm. snake-like gaze. Yeah. I, I love yeah. it, but I hate it. <laughs> it makes for a very, very good villain or antagonist. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked about this, but, like, I think he, you know, villains can make a show, a book, any kind of media. And seeing yes, him, I was like, I okay, this is going to be a good show. He walks over to look at a picture frame when a boy walks in and it's gone. Gone asks Lim how he's walking and then sees his actual uncle dead in his wheelchair. Yeah. He grabs a fire poker to defend himself. 
Lim tells him, even in this world, you've seen something you shouldn't have and you're holding something you shouldn't be holding. <laughs> it's just so good. It's so she good. Shivers. It is yes. really good. Everything he says, it's like it's so hard to describe too because it's like, yes. I hope you know what we mean by good. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to give him applause. So far, like, he's been so well written and he acts it out so well that you're like, I, mm-hmm, yeah. it's like you are a 100%. terrible character, but you were just such a good antagonist. Like, oh, so good. Yes. Also, I feel like now I want to give my, uh, give a <sighs> shout out to the screenwriter, Kim Unsuk, who also did Goblin, Secret Garden, Descendants of the Sun, The Heirs. She's done so many dramas, and yes, she is a great writer. Yes. So I'm very excited to watch her drama. Lim drops the picture frame showing Gon and his mother, and we don't see what happens next. Back in the Kingdom of Korea, it's Gon's coronation day. He's going to be the third king, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. The aesthetics of the palace are amazing, and I love it. Just the perfect combination Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. the past and the future. Yes. Although I do think it's weird that, like, any futuristic society is, like, we have trolley cars. That is the (laughs) apex of futurism. (laughs) Like, no society develops to trolley cars. I'm going to be honest. That's just the fact. They're still in 1994. So maybe 1994 trolley cars were the Okay, thing. fair point. Fair point. We do see that we see it in 2020 though or 2019. I don't remember that? I don't. But I believe you. I only write cuz it's when in the next episode when Captain Joe goes up to Camera Girl. It's a very memorable oh, scene for me. Oh, <laughs> right. Gon becomes king and his first act is to mourn his father for 26 days according to court laws. And his mourning is broadcasted all over the news. And it's him kneeling before the palace saying, Aigu. But this Aigu is not nearly as enjoyable as Wookiee historians was. Oh, okay. No, it's not. It's a lot more sad. And I think now we can understand why he's saying Aigu. The Wookiee historian Aigu. Yes. They were just a mystery. (laughs) Also, I just, when I was watching this scene, I thought how awful it would have to be to be one mourning your father but also kind of having to put on an act for because everybody is oh, watching yeah, you sure. do this and also be seven years old yeah no that's amazing i don't know a lot of seven-year-olds who could have that kind of reverence yeah. for something and i'll be like why yeah. do i have to do this for 26 Ugh. days Back in the Republic of Korea, the alternate king's wife finds out that he's been killed in a hit-and-run while he was drunk. She confirms to the coroner that it's her husband, and she was in the middle of work, so can she leave? The coroner says, yes, and she can have the body moved the next day. She turns to leave, but she turns back to ask him about the government cremating his body for her if she signs a piece of paper. She goes home and sees her husband had a meal before he died and left a mess. I didn't mention this before, but she looks like she's been beaten up or abused because her reaction to his death in this next scene makes a lot more sense, if you know that. She starts to clean up the mess, but she doesn't notice that Lim is there because he's sitting in his alternate's wheelchair and he's faced away from her. She laughs and says she guesses there is a god because her husband died and she prayed every day that he would. 
She thought she would end up either dying or killing him herself. Which you gotta, you know he loved hearing her say, there is a god. good point. I'm sure that really boosted his ego. Yeah, I didn't notice that until you said it just then. Yeah. We're gonna have to keep an eye out for that, because that's gonna be interesting. Because, because... Yeah, the the god motif in the next episode he sees that woman praying and he's like what what do you what's your prayer okay okay she laughs more and she's excited that the government will cremate his body for her and she can leave with her son lim stands at that moment and walks over to her and she falls back in fear and then we don't know what happens next in the kingdom of korea gon is still igooing that poor boy when a boy approaches him this boy is young he tries to hand gone a cookie but gone tells him to put it away we learn that young was sent out there as a part of oknam's plan later gone is studying math the nerd and young walks up to him and asks nerd. if it's fun gone tells him to leave and young says you don't own this whole place and gone is like yes i do I'm the king. Actually, I do. <laughs> I own everything. Everything in this light country. touches. Everything the light touches. Yong says, You're lying. Gon turns and shouts, Who is your father? And Yong responds with a shout, He's your father's friend. That night, Gon burns his father's bloody robes. After, Oknam says, The funeral process is finally over, and Gon has done well. Gon falls to his knees and sobs that he misses his father. Oknan comforts him and cries with him. Yang comes out of nowhere and says, Why are you crying? Don't cry. Then he plops down on his butt and starts to cry as well. Gon stops crying, gets up, and goes and grabs his toy sword and tells Yang he should also stop crying. And from now on, he's the unbreakable sword. Yang asks what that is. And that gets a chuckle out of Gon. Yong takes the toy sword and thanks Gon for it as it lights up blue in his hand. And it was so cute. <laughs> it was so funny. I laughed out loud at yeah. him just standing with the uh, blinking it's all, sword. Again, it's like that so contrast between modern and the old because you have this plastic toy sword in this yes grand hallway it's very funny also i want to point out <laughs> that i noticed this is that the morning clothes in this show look a lot better than they did in rookie historian <laughs> <laughs> why they gotta do office of me I like know, that huh? i know <laughs> that is yeah that's what <laughs> okay totally off topic that's what i thought of when they were talking about Jem being a silent brother and it was like he was in his white robes that were like bark and I just imagined him in the officer mint clothes. <laughs> the morning goes on and I was like, that's too far. Y'all shouldn't be that I honestly Jim. pictured something similar whenever I read the book. So, but more flowy. Yeah, no, it does supposed to be more flowy. <laughs> oh, those robes. Yes. Those but they look clothes. much better in this show, so... Yes. Later, Lim's body is found on the beach by a fisherman. And at the hospital, Oknam asks Jong-in to perform the autopsy himself because this nude... This nudes... (laughs) (laughs) 
because okay. this news cannot be leaked to the public. The royal guards believe that Lim committed suicide because he had nowhere to run. Jong-in says this can never be a suicide because it must be told to the people that Lim was killed by the royal guards. He will give the false statement himself to unite the royal court. One of Lim's minions is out working with water. And Lisa told me this last time that it looks like he's harvesting salt. And I literally <laughs> had a mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah, that was a good moment. I don't, I hope I'm right. I should have researched that. I had the chance now, but I didn't. Because he just walks out there and he's just doing whatever. And I was like, what the hell is he doing? I was like, is he just pushing water around? I'm so confused. (laughs) He's just pretending to work. What's he doing? Just (laughs) harvesting water. Mm -hmm. And also, I guess, going back. Yeah. The body. I think it's alternate alternate limb, right? Yes. It's all part of his plan. Lim's minion reads a newspaper with the headline, Former King's Bastard Lilim Meets Tragic End. We love, we love titles. We love you headlines. Really that that headline. <laughs> he throws the paper down angrily and goes to work. It like kind wait, of rhymes. Former bastard king. It says. Meets, wait, what? Former king's bastard <laughs> Lee Lim meets tragic end. It's like a half rhyme. Yeah. And yeah, it has a flow. It could be bars. Maybe not yeah. fire bars, but. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say yes? Yeah, so because I agree. <laughs> she's, she's she's right. right. It's just bars, not fire bars, but just bars. <laughs> she speaks the truth. <laughs> then we get this really cool scene where the camera zooms out a bit, and then the frame ticks side to side like a clock, and the sky fast forwards from day to night from sun to stars until evening is setting one day in the future so it's showing that time is passing it was just a really cool that was very cool yeah yeah very cool design. Lim shows up and his goon is amazed because it's been over 10 years but he always believed Lim was alive but how hasn't he aged Lim says let me show you a new world a whole new world a new Fantastic point of view. Anyway. We're now in the fall of 2019 at the Busan Main Palace in the Kingdom of Korea. We see a woman <laughs> with a zeke. Yeah. <laughs> you said it every single time last night. Now you just dropped it. And you're going to make me look like a fool in my episode. Indeed. This is all part of your plan. We see a woman enter from a plane or a helicopter. Who knows what she was in? <laughs> oh, yes, there was some. She came from the <laughs> sky. <laughs> she just came down on a magic copper ride. She goes through security, but an alarm goes off. She says, caught today, too. So she comes often. She sets another alarm from the wand thing. I never know what those are called. The wand, I guess sure metal detecting wand i think so she has to have a pat down search by a lady security member and this woman who is she later we find out she's the prime minister she tries to pass it off as the wire in her bra because normal bras don't hold up her boobs yeah just bitch where okay i feel like this is telling of her character that a woman who would willingly subject herself 
to a bra with underwire. Yeah. She's messed up. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Distrust. Then we get these cool close-ups of the king's outfit and royal robes and him getting dressed. And then we get a close-up of Spiffy the boy. grown face of Ligon. Beautiful man. And the scar on his neck, which is on the wrong side of his neck. <laughs> so hopefully that's explained. And we don't know if it's intentional or if it's just a huge oversight. It's, yeah. It's insane to me. I don't. Uh, how is yeah. it on the wrong side? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Why? Maybe yeah. there's a third universe. <laughs> a man is dressing him and he goes to button up the collar and both Gon and his security guard stop him. Are you happy that I left out who it was this time? <laughs> what? You know what I love about you, Kelsey, is how you don't hold grudges. <laughs> Everything's just water. Under the I ha- apparently, that's the only way I let out my anger is through passive aggressiveness. So here we go. It was beautiful. Hey, I got my way, so I'm happy. <laughs> I just let out my... Aggression by <laughs> criticizing others. <laughs> Gon says he will do it himself. His security guard. When am I allowed to say who it is? No, you can. Okay. My <laughs> original thing was not. <laughs> you can say who it is 100%. It was just that all of a sudden Yang was there. It really wasn't a problem. I was just making a big deal out of it for comedy purposes. Anyway, it's Yang. Yang is his security guard. Whoop, whoop. The unbreakable sword is here. Whoop, whoop. He is he is here and he can break me. <laughs> I waited way too long to say this last night, so I'm going to say this right now. He, he is, is born. so hot. And surprisingly enough, Lisa and so I agree. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we hardly ever agree on men. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and he has big lips. Oh my god. Which is one of my <laughs> weirdest attractions yes. people with weird mouths but his mouth is very normal very nice it was so good look- like i immediately had to pause look him up who is this man yes. i love him one yeah honestly and we agree just wait until oh we my release God. those episodes of cheese in the trap you guys <laughs> just are in for a fun time whole time <laughs> <laughs> actually we really don't we have a civil <laughs> disagreement <laughs> oh. yang asks the man if he's new and he says yes Yang lets him know that the king doesn't like others touching his body, which I thought was a very funny way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, same. <laughs> don't touch my body. Hey, don't touch me there. This is my no-no square. <laughs> okay. We went in two very <laughs> different directions. <laughs> you don't remember saying that in elementary school? Okay, I good. do. I do you indeed. Have the same elementary school experience. <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, you know what? Huh. Really is the same elementary school experience? 50 nifty United States <laughs> from third. Wow. No. You don't know that song? Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, oh. Colorado, Connecticut. That's the only way I remember in the people learning that, but I never learned it. I was never taught it. So. Oh, man. <gasps> It's like you don't even have an education. You know, my, like... So sad. $100,000 of debt would tell you, beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) That was so Texan. I loved it. Beg to differ. It's really not that much. 
but you know if anybody wants the exact <laughs> price to pay it for me hit me up <laughs> <laughs> yes. phones are ringing off the line folks <laughs> young says this may be a mistake but if it happens again then it's intentional Gon leaves to go writing, but he wants to stop by his room first. And Young looks so confused by this. And I'm so confused why he's so confused. Why the king would want to stop by his room. <laughs> this... I just think it's funny how much it bothers you. <laughs> <laughs> Next we see Oknam hiding card talismans around Gon's room. And her secretary is writing down everywhere they've hidden them. Because they have to be replaced every month. Oknam tells the secretary not to tell the king. The one she's hiding in the bed is the most effective for finding a lover, which I need one too. Thank you. Oknam. <laughs> Oknam turns around and asks why her secretary isn't answering to find Gon sitting behind her. He just appears. That was so funny. He just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. Oknam asks what he's doing there since the prime minister is waiting for him. Gon has all the talismans in his hands, and he says that they seem to be effective. They must have the power to pull people towards him. That's why Prime Minister Ku has been coming early each time. She might actually become queen. Oknam immediately says, oh, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she stops herself, though, and continues, she cannot become queen. Gon doesn't believe in superstition anyway. Gon agrees and says, but she does. She believes that someone will answer her desperate prayers. <laughs> Is the show just going to end with his uncle setting you him never up? never know, okay? <laughs> with, with a bad woman. <laughs> now, there is, yeah, a lot of heavenly reference, which is interesting because, like, goblin, same. Ognam says he should get married, and Gon says he doesn't want to. Ognam reminds him that it's his duty to produce an heir. And Gon cuts her off and says he's not interested. Gon puts the talisman in her hands and forces her to throw them away. Then says she'll be beheaded. Then he walks out and tells her to tell the prime minister that they'll meet in two hours as planned. As soon as he leaves, Oknam reaches into the trash to get the talismans out because they were expensive. And she tells her secretary that they should place them clockwise this time. Then we get a beautiful shot of Gon riding a white horse through the forest then on the beach wow just wow chef's kiss so nice who knew yeah, this was gonna be a horse show i didn't what a pleasant surprise oh 10 out of 10 i mean he just looked so good beautiful horse beautiful man and his riding get up i mean what can i say no complaints oh we didn't even mention this he's in boverflow he's in boverflow oh yeah <laughs> i wanted to get sentimental <laughs> Because the head court lady is his head maid in Boverflow, and seeing them together again just really struck a chord in my heart. It shocked. Oh, it shocked yeah, you to, it, to remember that. Because I was that. thinking Goblin, and I was like, he wasn't in Goblin. And then I was thinking, and then I was like, oh, boys over flowers. Yeah, he looks yeah. very different. It's funny to look at him and be like, like it's like, it's yeah, like looking night at and a day. brother or something. Absolutely <laughs> it's just, day. He's changed a lot. Because he doesn't have that terrible yeah. curly hair. I think he was also like super young in Boverflow. He was yeah. like 17 or 18 or Wasn't something. Wasn't Moonbin in Boverflow? No. Was he? Yeah. Like as a baby? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, baby. Um, Chanu mm. from Icon was. 
random facts. Hmm. I, was Moonbin in the airs? <laughs> I'm just guessing I don't now. Know. <laughs> don't know why. After the ride, Gong gets off his horse and tells Yang that he found the talismans again. He's found 51 in total. Yang says, really? Gon stops and says, why? Is it not 51? <laughs> Did Oknam put more while Yang was keeping a lookout? Yang tells him that he didn't take an active part in it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. Gon holds up his whip and says he's going to reprimand Yang actively, so just wait. <laughs> Say it, do it, go for it. I mean, you know, I don't even think I have to say it. It speaks for itself. <laughs> it speaks for itself. Touche. Strike one. <laughs> then they're interrupted by the prime minister walking up and Yang takes his leave. The prime minister says, I know I'm here early, but the weather was nice and she missed Maximus. So that's why she hurried. And LOL, the horse's name is Maximus and he's a white horse. In conclusion... Gon is a Disney princess, specifically from Daigle. <laughs> not Flynn Rider. He's specifically a princess. Yes. I mean, <laughs> he's not a swashbuckling rogue. He is royalty. So he he's has a to nerd. be. Yeah. And Rapunzel's also a nerd, but she's she's a astrology nerd. That's kind of has to do with math. Math and the stars. So, Yeah. Math and the stars. Gone is a Disney princess. No, that is funny because it definitely reminded me of that. But I didn't realize that horse's name was with, that that horse's name was Maximus too. That's really funny. Yeah. Maximus. I love Maximus. Yes, he's a very pretty horse. He's so pretty, and he's wearing that rodeo garb. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't see a lot of Western saddles outside of America. 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 Gon tells her that Maximus doesn't like women, and he's spoiled, so he bites people, too. The Prime Minister says, me, too. I bite people often as well. Which, <laughs> like, no. That's the most, what a weird response. Like, how is, how is one supposed to take that? I would have cringed so hard and been like, please get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> like, when we said it was, like, it felt similar to when... You said, like, someone, your waiter brings you your food, and they're like, enjoy your food. And you're like, you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just end up saying the wrong thing. <laughs> and it's super awkward. But she seems so confident when she says it. Yeah. And she's not embarrassed by it after Me either. Too. I wish she had just turned around and been like, oh, do you mean sex? <laughs> <laughs> right? Just call her on it. Or just have given her a weird look when she was like, I bite people too. And him just being like, you should get that check. What? <laughs> not normal behavior <laughs> or she'd been like i hate women me too <laughs> what <laughs> she then asks gone to wave his hand because there's people filming them because the royal public affairs office thought a photo there would look great he tells her that it'll be hard for them to walk so she should stand next to him because the left side of her face is pretty and next time she should wear more comfortable shoes the prime minister tells him he's pretty considerate and stands next to him, which I did not get the vibes that he was trying to be considerate when he said that. Yeah, they have a very weird relationship. Like, it seems like... I think I think they like the publicity they get from each other. Yes, I think particularly 
him and I, or I think particularly her, and I think he likes it because yes. it kind of staves off the whole, you need to get married and have kids question. If he's like, no, yeah. see, I'm flirting with this person. See, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She adds that he shortened the state affairs report time by half, so she had no time to change her shoes. He points out that her reports last an average of 18 minutes, so he believes that 30 minutes is enough. Shall they begin? She comes back with, should we shorten five more minutes because we're busy? She leans in to whisper in his ear that, she, like she said in her report, the country is peaceful and the people are happy, and they'll be happier when they see their photo. He leans down to whisper in her ear, hey, it's all mama, thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> then he turns his attention back to his horse. The prime minister says she's been thinking about learning horse riding as well. Does he think she'll do well? He tells her, when you learn to ride, this is what you hear first. If you have tried honestly every time, your horse will take you to the edge of the world. Prime Minister, are you honest? And she kind of just grins at him and doesn't answer. <laughs> he then says he got her report and they've taken enough photos so they should end there. He has to wash up for his next meeting and he leaves. In the bathroom, he wipes the fog away from the mirror and gets scared when he sees Yang in the reflection and tells him, it's treason. <laughs> Yang points to his watch and says that if Gon doesn't hurry, he'll be late. Gon says, what will you do if I'm late? <laughs> Strike two. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody just says that to their friend. <laughs> it does, what are you okay, going to do if say, I'm late? Because <laughs> you have a whole theory. I do. Explain. I think there's feelings there. See, and like, you know? okay, I don't know that it's intentional, but I don't, now that you're, now that you're bringing it up, it makes me think it might be intentional. But to me, the, the perception would be it's, it's one-sided. Like, I think Yang has a thing for the king. Yes, I, once you said that, I agreed. I agree with that sentiment. I definitely think there's something coming from Yang, but also I have the sneaking suspicion that Gon knows about yeah, Yang's feelings. Which would make him a total dick for then just like messing with him like that. Yes, exactly. So who knows? I know. We might find out. I have out. mixed feelings because I'm like, that would be exciting. But also like it would just be sad, unrequited love. So I'm like, well, I don't want that either. Well, maybe in the end, Yang will also find Maybe he love. finds someone. Maybe he does he in his alternate himself. universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. Maybe he finds himself. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Gon asks Yang how long he's been standing there. Yang says, Do you really want to know? As he leaves the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he can dish it and deal it. <laughs> yes. Gon mutters that Yang will be beheaded for sure, which is definitely his catchphrase. <laughs> yep. Yang tells him that this is when we say you reap what you sow. Apparently, Gon bolts like this all the time, and Yang doesn't know if Gon has dug a tunnel into the bathroom. Gon's like, how can you say bolt to your king? And this is where I think the translation kind of gets rocky because I didn't, I was like, what's so bad about saying yeah, bolt for to sure. a king? So, they did their best, I guess. Yes. <clears throat> There's some bars right there. <laughs> Draw me a beat. <laughs> a good one. Hey! <laughs> Yang tells him that they got rid of the term single parent family, like he asked, and the banners. Not sure well, for banners what. Banners for what? But, 
God says good, but how can you talk like that to your king? And I was like, is Yang speaking informally here? That's where this scene was just like a moment where I was like. Little over my head. Yeah. And he says, because everything here is mine. Yang just bows and leaves, which is just that whole conversation feels like a callback to their first one. Of I like, think so. Yeah, well, I think that's supposed to be the moment when you like realize, oh, that's the kid from before. Yeah. Yeah. Which he had a total personality shift. I, yeah. I mean, glow up. Glow up. <laughs> Gon follows him and says, you know that now, don't you? Hey, Unbreakable Sword, are you going to answer me? Then the camera pans down to show that the glass case that used to have the sword in it no longer has the sword in it. I think that's why it panned down. Not sure. Next, Gon is reading Alice in Wonderland to a group of children in his throne room, and the setup is very aesthetic. I approve. (laughs) Alice in Wonderland is Gon's favorite book because the author was a mathematician too, and I didn't know that, and I had to Google it. It's like I didn't even study at Oxford at all. (laughs) He asks the kids if they think the story is interesting, and they all say no, which rude. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Kill them all. Yeah, it's like a king. You're being read a story by the king in his throne room. Have a little respect. Yeah. I mean, I also don't like Alice in Wonderland, though, so relatable. I like Alice in Wonderland. I don't like Through the Looking Glass. Too trippy, man. Too trippy. (laughs) Gon laughs and says he's never seen anyone talk so honestly to him since he became king, which felt like a callback to Goblin saying, I don't know that this show calls back to a different show. (laughs) Well, no, but I, I, that's when I was like, oh, because sometimes writers have a tell. Uh Uh-huh. And that felt like a tell to me where I was like, I know this screenwriter because that it very much reminded me of when the goblin would say, that's the first time I've ever heard that or that's the first time that's ever been said to me or whatever he... <laughs> this is really, really the first time anyone's ever said that to me. No, I think I said this before that if the king has an ounce of the chaotic energy of the goblin, I will be done for. Yeah. I love that man. <laughs> yeah. So... Like, seeing that, it just made me feel good on the inside. Because I was like, "Mm." One little girl raises her hand and asks if he has a girlfriend. Awkward. Yeah, seriously. Gon tells her that even though he knows who ordered her to ask, he'll answer anyway. No, he doesn't have a girlfriend yet. And everyone giggles and... That's weird. Did the head court lady, like, pay off a little kid? (laughs) Yeah. She's sneaky. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, apparently. She also uses children called to Game of Thrones. <laughs> she, She's Varys. No, he's a eunuch. We're not going to bring him up. <laughs> he is a banned topic. <laughs> Little girl tells him that he should follow the white rabbit too. Then he tries to keep reading, but all the kids complain that it's boring. Whatever. Next, we see a woman being chased by a group of men through a crowd. We never see her face, but she grabs a black hoodie with bunny ears on it, and the men appear to lose her. The event that's happening is a rowing competition, and this gave the show a lot of points for me because I really like this sport for whatever reason. (laughs) It just has a lot of secret fun sports in it. Yeah. Gon is rowing for the Naval Academy. Woo. 
A large crowd is there to cheer them on, and there's one girl taking pictures, but she turns to take a picture of Young, which is a mood. Big mood. Like, send me those pics, girl. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> Her friend says men should wear little and move a lot. <laughs> Damn, okay, strong opinion there. Mm -hmm. The camera girl disagrees and says some men look awesome even when they're all covered up, which, yeah, I agree. Young looks great in a suit, and she takes another picture Almost anyone looks good in a suit. Suits are a gift. Yes. And Gon's team wins. Woo! Yay! Wow, he's the king. What a coincidence. I know. (laughs) The naval team does a cheer, and Young smiles just the tiniest bit, and is it too soon to say I would die for this man? No! I would kill for this man. (laughs) The men chasing the girl get caught in the crowd, and one of them decides to shoot his gun in the air in frustration. What the heck? What the heck, my dude? What goes up must come down. (laughs) Yeah, wait. Because usually starter guns just, oh, that's a good They point. don't have a bullet. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. No, people, that's like, that's the thing in America. Stray bullets. <laughs> Seriously, imagine just walking along and someone just shoots you from a mile away. Because <laughs> they just fire it into the sky indiscriminately. <laughs> Yong tackles Gon to the ground, and his other guards hold a line with their own guns pointed at the commotion. The men are taken into custody by a bunch of soldiers, and Yong says they should get away from here first. Gon, however, sees the girl in the rabbit hoodie, remembers his Alice in Wonderland story, and so when she bolts, he takes off after her. Yong turns to find that he's gone, and the camera girl points him in the right direction. And, like, you go, girl. Shoot your shot. You tell him. (laughs) You be helpful. <laughs> Gon runs through the streets of the city barefoot and alone. And TBH, his form is phenomenal. He looks fantastic here. We love our leading man. Also, barefoot and alone sounds like a horror movie <laughs> that's like premiered at Cannes or something. <laughs> uh, and honestly, he should have caught her because he should have. She's anyway. got rabbit powers. Sure. I believe the little girl from the reading is on her phone with her mom and says, His Majesty is really following the white rabbit with the clock. Which what always bothered me was they always called her the white rabbit, but she's yeah, a she's black, black rabbit. Yeah, I mean, she's not black. <laughs> the hoodie is black. No, I, I 100% had the same discrepancy. I can't think of words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The rabbit is able to get away, so Gon stops short with his feet slightly bloodied. Callback. To... Oh, gosh. I guess. I don't know that that is. It feels slightly like a callback. I feel like you, like you think everything's a callback. <laughs> you never you never know. You never It's the very know. English major of you. Thank Everything you. is done with a reason. <laughs> yes. Yang catches up to him and simply says, you have really good stamina. Strike three. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, that time I didn't think it. But I was like, you really just walk up to the king who you were supposed to be protecting after he's just run off without you. And the first thing you tell him is, you have really good stamina. (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess he's like, you know what? I'm not going to let you fuck with me. No, 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 no. You did not get the upper hand here. 
Yeah. The king also has like this incredible ability to just appear and disappear. Yeah. In thin air. Yeah. He's a nerd and athletic. <laughs> this is how you know the show is fake. <laughs> <laughs> and Yang asks him why he ran. Gon says he saw the white rabbit with the clock. Yang is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and you're on drugs. <laughs> is he saying he saw a rabbit or a clock? Gon turns and asks if Yang paid attention to his reading of Alice in Wonderland. And the answer is basically, nah. <laughs> nah, fam. <laughs> Gon tells him he really needs some fairy tales in his life. Yang responds with, I think you need some shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and puts down shoes that he brought with him gong kicks them aside because they aren't his shoes later in gong study or the library question mark i don't know he's somewhere i don't know young holds up a bulletproof vest to gone and says he needs to wear it from now on way way mama that's a lot more funny when i thought of it in the moment <laughs> We are bulletproof. Ha! Anyway. Yeah. Whenever I wrote it down, I was like, hey, hey, bulletproof. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> because we're officially brainwashed. Yeah, they invented bulletproof. Yep. Never existed before mm. BTS. Yep. Although they try to erase their history. You can't. Right? I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we love cringe. <laughs> we love our bulletproof Boy Scouts, Okay. Salut. Gon walks past him and says, you're going to protect me anyway. Yang insists. Gon asks if it'll make Yang feel better if he wears it. If so, then Yang can wear two for him. Yang tells Gon that he'll get a warning if Gon doesn't listen. Gon asks, who's going to give Yang a warning since he's the captain? Yang says, his sense of duty. <laughs> Big mood. <laughs> Gon tells him he's made it awkward. Yang lets Gon know that they caught all the men who made a scene at the competition, and they're looking for the white rabbit with the clock he saw. Yang will check if it's a rabbit or a clock when they find it. Gon gets up and leans in very close to Yang, and honestly, I thought they were gonna kiss. It, that there was no heterosexual ex explanation for that moment. No, it is weird. Like, and this was the moment because this was the only moment that I really thought about what we talked about earlier about Yang having a one-sided crush. Because yeah, it's like. What other explanation is there for that than, like, he's kind of, like, the king is teasing him. Yeah. Like, getting in his face. It's yeah. very weird. Yeah, I, I'm like... Yeah, especially Yang's reaction to it. Because Yang leans slightly away and Gon asks, Are you having fun, Captain Joe? Yang simply says, Don't. Which I thought was a... That's such an interesting response. Yeah, it's like he's saying, like, No, you've taken it too far. Stop. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you to stop. Ooh, ooh. Gon leans away and asks, don't do what? Then he slightly smirks as he walks away. Yang asks why Gon wants to catch the culprit himself. Gon says, why would I catch the culprit myself? You should be catching the culprit as the captain of the royal guards. Gon becomes serious and says he's not trying to catch anyone. He's just trying to find the face that only he can recognize. And he's talking about the person who saved him the night Lim tried to kill him 25 years ago. Because every time something like this happens, it feels like that person is there. Yang points out that it's been 25 years. That person must have aged a lot. Does Gon think he can still recognize the face? 
Gon isn't sure because they could have met already unknowingly. But why hasn't his savior come to see him? Yang says it's because Gon has grown up well and he doesn't need anyone's help anymore. Oh, that was really sweet. Yeah. Don't you feel bad for being an ass now? Right. Lee Gon? Gon smiles and says, you're not mad at me anymore, my dear Yongi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I guess maybe that's just their way of communicating, but uh, I'm on your side, maybe. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm on the side of, I just want the best things for Yong in the least amount of clothing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but I do want the best things for Yong. That was a callback, as you like it, to that what that girl said. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. Young holds up the bulletproof vest again and says, no, thank you. And then suddenly wiggles it towards Gon. There's a beat. And Gon says, you can go home. <laughs> <laughs> you leave. Gon takes out his copy of Alice in Wonderland and his savior's badge is in it. And the badge is of Jong Tail of the National Police Agency. He speaks to it saying he's older than her now because we find out when he flips it over that her birthday is May 27th, 1990, and the badge was created potentially in November of 2019, which is two months away from his current time. Then we see our gal for the first time. Woo! She's rocking orange pants and some white boots, and it's a look. It is a look. Not her best look, but a look. Very 70s. Very. And she's in the Republic of Korea swaggering to her car. That is literally the only way I can explain the way she's walking to her car. Either I she's swaggering. <laughs> get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. <laughs> I'm just going on this 70s vibe. Either that or she looks like she's slightly intoxicated as she's walking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine line between swagger and intoxication. It's very, it's very much the Yoongi walk. Where he's doing his whole thing and he's like oh. slightly stumbling around on the stage and he's just like <laughs> <laughs> dropping hot bars. <laughs> she gets into her car, puts it in reverse, and literally rams it into the car behind her. The security guard calls the apartment the car belongs to to tell the tenants what happened. Tail is frantic when she gets out and says sorry to the sky before getting back into her car putting in a reverse again, and then <laughs> ramming back into it again before driving off, and then the bumper just falls off. This made me so scared because I was like, oh, no. Like, I don't like that it's this woman, and she's the klutz, and she can't do anything right. Like, that kind of thing. I was very skeptical when I saw this. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. The security guard tries to tell her to stop, but fails and tells the tenants to come down straight away. The other guard says he won't come down because only delivery guys are allowed up to his place. And a delivery guy who saw the whole thing as well disagrees because bad guys are more sensitive when it comes to others breaking the law. And that's when we learn this is all a setup. Tail's partner, Shinje, is on the roof as lookout, and the delivery guy and the security guard make sure to block their exits. Shinje asks if Tail's okay, and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I've done this many times, and we learn she's just a badass, and it's fantastic. Heck yes! I was like, all right, back on track with this show. <laughs> yee, yee, yee. 
he clarifies that he was asking about her outfit because she isn't matching at all. <laughs> Damn, son. She disagrees and says she's dressed as a chic professional city girl. Then suddenly she slams on her brakes and says, wait, there's a weird smell and tells Shinjay to come down. She throws her car into reverse and fast fives it back into the scene as Shinjay runs down from his spot. <laughs> she nearly runs into them and stops in the nick of time, which just like badass. She's so cool. She's so cool. She gets out and the dude tries to grab her, but she kicks his shins and literally like just throws him into the trunk of his car and making the trunk open and reveals a dead body. Uh-oh. Call back yep. to Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> the dude freaks out and tries to run, but Tail grabs him in one smooth movement, cuffs him, and roundhouse kicks him in the face. Yes. Call back to Boverflow. <laughs> Lee Minho getting roundhouse kicked in the face. I'm just, just going to mention all the callbacks as you yes. <laughs> call them. Yes. The other two guys that were with this dude run off it's either two or three guys i don't know it's a very hectic scene the delivery dude chases after one and shinjay chases after another or however many people there are the fight scenes are very good and fun shinjay is also a badass and it's fantastic yes and everybody's captured one or two guys jump into a police van without realizing it, thinking it's a getaway car. And then once they're inside, the police officers are like, now handcuff yourselves. Now you're here. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so casual. <laughs> Back at the scene, the group complains about working overtime because now this is a murder case instead of an illegal gambling website case. They can't work overtime until they get a new member because no one wants to work in the violent crime division. I can think of one person who wants to work in the violent crimes division. Who? Who do you think's going to end up working with them? Oh. Oh, you think the king? Yeah. <laughs> you say that like he's like he had a line that was like, I'd love to work in a violent <laughs> crimes division if I had the chance. No, but to be able to spend more time with Tail, like, of course, he's going to oh, end true. up For sure. that position. Tails' outfit gets pointed out again as being bad, and I really don't think it's as bad as everybody's pointing out, but, I mean, she's the only girl, so of it's course they're going to give her bad. shit. Back in the kingdom of Korea, Gon is walking around, oh, the horse arena. I didn't know what it was called. I was like, a ring, a fence with sand in it. Get to do it again. <laughs> a fence with sand in it. <laughs> Isn't it sand? <laughs> no, it is, but that's like... Houses are just wooden structures with air inside. <laughs> it's just a funny way to describe it. Uh, he sees the rabbit running between buildings. He hops on his horse and goes after her and tells his guard to let Yang know that he's ridden off. Then we see Lim again and he's dying fabric. Not sure what he's, he's doing. Dying. He's dying. <laughs> Back in the Republic of Korea, Tails on the phone with Jinjae and they know the body... Uh, was that of Lee Sangdu, age 45, and a hardware store owner. And he took a lot of money from the gambling website, which is how he's connected to those men. But he put the hardware store up for sale, and they can't get a hold of his wife. Shinjay says he'll check the security footage. Then we transition via the security footage back to the Busan Palace in the Kingdom of Korea. It was Snaps. It was good. It was good. We love that thinking, the thinking cinematography. Yes. 
and Yang is in hot pursuit of Gon. Gon's horse stops short in a... Ba- but he gone. <laughs> but he gone. <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. Gon's horse stops short in a bamboo forest, and the stone pillars appear again, as does the lightning and the wind, and the flute is most definitely in his whip. We keep getting close-ups of it, and he never goes anywhere without it. So, it's there. And the fractured portal appears. <laughs> Such a big dramatic pause. I thought you were going to say something about the flute. Nope. The fractured portal nope. appears. <laughs> that was really cute. And he immediately races through it. Again, it says rises here. He immediately rises. <laughs> I mean, he did not hesitate. He, he, he rose not. through yeah. that thing. He was like, let's yeah. do it. And look at his horse following him to the edge of the world. Dun, dun, dun. Good boy next to me. Oh, because he's honest. Yeah. I, I'm i glad we said this again. I just got it. <laughs> Man, you really have to tell me things twice. Three times. If you count when I watched it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize. I didn't even think of the connection until I watched it for the second time. And I was like, oh. Huh. This is the fourth time you're reliving these events. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lim is dying fabric red, and he accidentally knocks a bowl over, but it stops in midair. And when he reaches for it, it shatters to the floor. Dun, dun, dun. Very weird. It seems like it's hinting that he somehow can control time or has some kind of effect on time. I mean, we know he doesn't age, yeah. so maybe it's like he pauses in time. You had a theory, which I think makes sense. I I think that what, what it seems to be is that whenever the flute got cut in half, maybe the two pieces of the flutes like the powers got split in half so like one half got certain powers and the other half got other powers or something like that and now that when gone went through the portal it seems to have disrupted something in this parallel universe in the republic of korea to cause this to happen to Lim, and we don't know if it just happens to Lim because he has the other half of the flute or if it happens to that whole dimension with the Republic of oh, Korea in it. that's an interesting... Because, yeah, now it has, like, this magic object that it's not supposed to have. Yeah. Oh, that is... That's an interesting part. Yeah, either one. So... Or maybe that was just even a momentary thing of, like, oh, like, he now knows. Oh, it's here. Yeah. So... I found you. Oh. But he also seems like he's able to travel back and forth easily. Yeah. So... But I guess if he knows where the pillars are... Yeah. Mm. but that's the other thing okay so ostensibly gone goes through the pillars in a bamboo forest in busan and comes out in seoul didn't you have a a theory about that that it was oh yeah a fate thing that and it's going between the two largest cities in each dimension because busan seems to be the like the epicenter of the kingdom of Korea while it's in the Republic of Korea, it's Seoul. Or, again, could also be your fate thing. Your fate thing. My fate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess because I think that was brought up in the sense of, I don't think we mentioned it this time. I'm no. getting confused now. But when Liam steps out originally and he just immediately finds his half-brother and it's like, uh, that seems a bit convenient. But you could make the argument 
if you want to give the show a break, like, well, there's a fate element. There's a, he's fine. You know, it, it is magic to begin with. Yeah. So he's finding what he wants to find. And so, like, in the same way that Ligon really wants to find Tail, so he goes where she is. Yeah. I think that makes the most sense. Hopefully. You're welcome, show, if you didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that actually makes, that actually makes sense. Because. I think so. Because, yeah, that was a person that he wanted to find. And he immediately, when he goes through, rides his horse right. Well, this is, we'll get there. But he rides. I'm spoiling he, yourself. <laughs> he rides his horse right next to her car, even though he doesn't exactly. know it. That's a good point. Which in a city of millions of people is pretty lucky in and of itself. Yeah. So next, Tail is sitting in traffic and she sees her reflection in the rearview mirror in the back seat. But when she turns, no one is there and needless to say, freaks her out. I mean, it was freaky to me watching it. Yeah. So it, I think it's her as the rabbit in the back seat but then how does she disappear i don't know it's all very confusing well it made me wonder if that was another thing where as he went through the portal like the two worlds kind of overlap for a second Ooh. so she's seeing herself for a second maybe maybe Ooh, that's interesting Ooh. okay <laughs> <laughs> what was that i got excited just pat's mouth excitedly <laughs> um then <laughs> I hate you. You can't beat me up. I'm mm, 10 miles no. away from you. <laughs> then she turns to find Gon riding his horse through the middle of traffic. And I wrote a note, which was, while I was watching this, I felt really Texan because I was like, it's not that weird. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time around here. Mm. But I mean... But then I was like, but I mean, in like main cities when there isn't an event going on, seeing a random horse walking through traffic would be a little strange. It would turn some I know, heads. it definitely would. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> it would not be a casual thing if you were just sitting on 183 and a, <laughs> a horse came by. But like, I wouldn't be entirely shocked. I would like look out. That's true. It'd be like. I would look out in like 183 traffic and go, man, I wish I was on that horse just riding I I through traffic. <laughs> See, I just feel like I feel sorry for that horse. <laughs> Don't ride in carriages, PSA. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Tail tries to stop him with the... In the city. Sorry. <laughs> Not in general. <laughs> carriages inherently aren't bad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just needed to clarify. Tail tries to stop him with the mag magnif The magnifying glass. <laughs> Hey there. I see you. <laughs> Tail tries to stop him with the megaphone thing coming from her car. And when he doesn't stop, she takes out a red police light and just sticks it on her roof and blares a siren. <laughs> it's very. It's like she's Mr. Bean or something. Yeah. <laughs> Gone stops in the middle of a square and it appears that the statues are still similar in both universes. I think you may be right. Yeah, I think they're both King Sejong. Yeah. Tail catches up to him and tells him to get down. He turns and recognizes her immediately as the Jopping. person from Sorry. the back. <laughs> Why did you say jopping? We had to get in our... You know how we get down? Jopping. Oh get down? Jopping. <laughs> what? You're just 
just like, why did you say that? We have to have a dropping reference in every episode, Kelsey. We always have to be like, ah, you could have made me drop my croissant. There it is. It's truly an episode now. Oh, my God. I have to think for the people who don't care about K-pop, they're just ready to kill us. Talk about the fucking drama. (laughs) Oh, She asks him why he's staring. She takes out her badge and tells him she's with the police. He gets off his horse and, and just walks right up to her and stands very close. Looks at her badge, but the picture looks different. Tail asks mm-hmm. him what the hell he's doing, and he says, I finally met you, Lieutenant Jong Tail, and immediately hugs her, and that's how episode one ends. Ooh, a very dramatic ending. Ooh. Also, I do, I love that shot of just, like, the prince on his white horse in the middle of this city. Yeah. Like, very, very scary from her perspective, but a very beautiful shot, and just kind of, you know, it's nice. Clearly they liked it, it's, since it's, like, the poster. Aesthetic. <laughs> Yes. So yeah. Yay! Exciting first episode. And also, we were able to cut this episode you by like thirty. Cut minutes. a half hour. Yeah, that's insane. What did we not talk about? Well, I think there was a fashion rant somewhere in there where I said the fashion. Oh, it's because I was complaining about that giant oversized sweater he wears next episode. Oh, I like that sweater. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what your reaction was. Well, I just saying, goblins had a really high standard for fashion, like insanely high. And so far, this show has, well, okay, his prince outfits are very good. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I'm like, come on. He had those riding pants. Show up. The, I mean, yeah, he had his well, rowing yeah. outfit. Yeah, we got some arms. <laughs> Hopefully, everything else. The only thing that annoys me is you don't, you, every single time, we're like, Kingdom of Korea with a C. Republic of Korea with a K. Kingdom of Korea with a C. This time you did not do it once, so now I sound like a fool. <laughs> I'm calling you out. <laughs> but so be it. You temptress. <laughs> You're not a temptress. That was weird. <laughs> that was weird. I don't know why I said that. She only speaks you. the truth. She does. I'm going to get in your face. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah, don't. Stay six feet away from me, please. Episode two. Dos. We pick up with Ligon, which I use slightly different names than you used, and I'll try to correct them where I can, but maybe that's just part of the fun of having two hosts is you get two different <laughs> tellings of it. I mean, we did that all the time with Rookie Historian. I'm sure we're fine. We didn't do it. We did it. Yeah. A little bit, but I think it's a lot more here. Because <laughs> as you were talking, I was like, I used, because I called him Legon entirely because I thought Gon was such a weird name <laughs> to just say on its own. <laughs> so we pick up with Legon embracing Tail. She pushes him off her, of course, and asks what the hell he's doing. Legon is acting weird and cryptic. He knows a lot about her and says he's been waiting for her for 25 years, watching. Tail demands to see his ID card, but of course he doesn't have one. Ligon is weirdly casual in accepting that he has passed through another dimension, sort of like <laughs> Lirim. And he continues to act all princely as he explains about how he crossed oceans of time to get to her. Oh, I know. This must be a parallel universe. Notably, he says all this in a very, like, arrogant, kind of highfalutin way. So, <laughs> highfalutin? <laughs> yes. Well, he's acting very much like a king, so... Yeah. 
You understand that she's a little bit frustrated. Yes. He looks over at an advertisement for Queen Yuna and points out one big difference between their times. This universe is ruled by a queen. Teo plays along. Yes, our queen is beloved by the whole nation. Ligon orders her to take him to the queen and get food and water for Maximus, who is a seventh grade official, which I guess is the official rank for good boys. <gasps> that just reminds me, remember in Rookie Historian, in, um, was it Yang, who was a seventh rank official? Maybe. I don't know, but I thought it was really, it, was, it would be so funny <laughs> the if same Yang... Level? Yang could meet Maximus and be like, y'all are the same ranking. Maybe he is. That's hilarious. I bet it is like that. That's so cute. I just pay to see that interaction. Right. Well, that also would mean that then, like, Maximus outranks all the other historians. Yes. (laughs) Bossing them around. Tail, of course, thinks that Ligon is crazy. You're the king of a parallel universe? Ligon tells her the world is vast. Did she not study science? I cannot overstate how just annoyingly smug he is at all times. Yes, yes. <laughs> Don't worry. Ligon is equally disappointed in Tail. This is your personality? I thought you'd be softer. <laughs> Tail arrests him and acts like a total badass, which I am totally here for. Me too. Like, yeah, he deserves that. <laughs> yes. Then it cuts to the police station, and they arrested Maximus, too. He didn't do anything wrong. But I love how all the police are just around him being like, oh, a horse. Oh, look at this pretty horse. But it was just the cut to him just tied up outside the police station. It's like, oh, no. Why'd he do that? Tail is booking Ligon, and she asks for his real name. He says he can tell it, but she's not allowed to call him by it. Thank you, Ricky Historian, because I think what's happening here is a good old Doan versus Yidim situation where Yigan is his kingly name versus his personal name. Yes. I'm still not entirely sure how that works. Me and either. I tried to research it, but it got me nowhere. So I guess to put it in a Western perspective, I think it's the same way that like British kings would take on a new name when they were crowned. Mm. See, I had a completely different thought process where it kind of reminded me of why like origin of middle names because you were given a middle name that you weren't supposed to tell people because if you told people that would give them power over you is that really the origin i don't know if it's exactly the origin but i that's know that interesting that's like a story that could be why middle names were generated or something like that yeah it may be i guess i'm just going back to the whole because our confusion of Doan versus Huyang versus Edom. I think it's that kind of situation. Yeah. Especially since Egon sounds so similar to Edom and like seems like that's a very kingly name. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll come up. Anyway, so Tail makes up a name for him. Kim Ge Tong, which means <laughs> dog poop. Yeah. <laughs> We're dealing with a real mature gal here. But also she ain't putting up with none of his bullshit. Dog shit. Anyways. Yes. <laughs> also, disclaimer, kind of like you had. of. There's just so much good witty banter, and I just want to revel in it. So I wrote down a lot of things that don't really pertain to the plot, but I just, they're so funny. So I had to I had to put them down and, and retell them in a, a less good format. <laughs> <laughs> 
of me recounting them. Yeah. Tail goes through Ligon's stuff and finds suspicious and embarrassing items, including the love talismans courtesy of the head court lady, as well as a 100,001 bill which doesn't exist in modern Korea. Ligon calls her out for using informal speech with him. You've been talking down to me since we met, she fires back. I'm older than you, the king answers. Does that matter right now? Tail asks. She tells Ligon that since he has no other form of ID, she has to fingerprint him, and she'd appreciate his cooperation. No one is allowed to touch my body, Ligon protests, but Tail interrupts him by twisting his arm around into the <laughs> fingerprint pad. Don't think you just overpowered me, he mutters. Tail doesn't seem to hear, and he may be the king, but Tail is officially my queen. <laughs> yes. Back in the kingdom of Korea. With a C. There you go. <laughs> the head court lady is upset because the king has gone missing. Again. Apparently he sneaks out often. She asks Prince Buyong slash Professor Lee slash Jongin, as you called him, what the heck kind of excuse they should give this time. The problem, I can't use Jongin because that's Kai's name. And it just makes me think of Kai. <laughs> I mean, we got Tail, we got Jongin, like... <laughs> We're starting Malin. a whole band here. Yeah. Minho! Minho! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, she asks what kind of excuse they should give this time. Seasonal acne? Let's use the same excuse as a year ago, the professor replies. Seasonal acne? Is yeah. that a thing? I don't know. Well, I, I doubt it. <laughs> or it's definitely not a reason to lock yourself in your room. Seasonal acne? Okay. I mean, I guess you might get more like in the summer when you're oily. I don't know. And sweaty. Know. That was just really funny. No, that's why I wrote it down because they were just like, should we use seasonal acne again? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you use that before. Like, I just can't imagine like Legon using that excuse of like, I have acne. I can't come <laughs> out. No. Let's use the same excuse as a year ago, the professor replies, math fever. He's locked himself up to study, and I can't believe our guy is a fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah, like, can't relate with math. Right? Well, can't I guess it goes back it. to him, like, writing those, um, like, math problems when uh, Joyong came up. If you see in his office, it's covered in all these equations. So I guess mm -hmm. he is, like, a really big math nerd gang. He gets math fever. Nerd. What a Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> Captain Joe is in the bamboo forest looking hot. I mean, looking for the king. He goes full. <laughs> is this all? Excuse is this me. all your Excuse episode's me. gonna be? Is you yeah, just, just a, a little horny over <laughs> young over here? Yes. This is what happens when I watch K dramas on a Saturday night. <laughs> He goes full ranger. It just gets worse from here. He goes full ranger, which is a big turn on for me, should you be wondering. Oh, my God. And finds that the king's footsteps just end. But where could they go? He tells two of his officers to keep searching, but keep it on the DL. Captain Joe goes to question the two thugs who shot into the crowd at the rowing match. They claim that they didn't know the king was there. They just had to catch that bitch they were chasing. She has no home, no ID, so they have to catch her while they see her. Apparently, the woman has committed many crimes, but police don't know her face or name. The thugs call her Luna. Captain Joe is intrigued. Me too. I know. <laughs> because if you think about it, Gon is in the same situation in this yeah, he has alternate no face, universe. No yeah, yeah. Or, he has a face. <laughs> So it's just a faceless man. Oh, and this is interesting because 
I haven't gone back and watched the first episode after I watched it originally, like just mm-hmm. one time through, but you have. Yeah. Do you think the person who shoots all those guys, do you think that is actually her? No. Me neither. It didn't look like a woman. No. It definitely looked like a man. Because I, I made sure to pay attention the second time I watched it. And okay, it yeah. looks like, because my thought process is it either looks like Tails' partner, like police yeah, partner. Yeah, Shajin. Yeah. Yes. Or it's gone who's gone himself? back into the past. Yes. Yeah. Yes. To save I himself. Also, yeah. I also had that thought. Yeah. So many questions. But yeah, it definitely didn't seem like a woman, which I'm like, maybe they're just using a male stunt double. But again, I would hope they wouldn't be that sloppy. Yeah. Man, just these these shows and their dramatic opening scene that has all the questions and none of the answers. Yes. <laughs> Cut to a police station in the Republic of Korea. Lee Gon is being a whiny little boy from his cell, but Tail, of course, pays him no attention. Is he the person you talked about? Prince Charming? A voice calls. <laughs> Straight up, Disney music starts playing as who walks in but Captain Joe in a bad wig? Or this universe's version of Captain Joe. Yeah. Lee Gon looks like he wants to kiss him, clearly believing it is his friend here to save him. Yana, look at you writing comes, Look at you writing that about their well, relationship. Really does. Well, like, I mean, like, platonically, like, you're mm. my savior, but maybe mm. not. I don't know. Mm. Young Ah, he calls out, but Joe looks ready to spit at him, asking, what's your problem? This Joe is way more goofy than the captain, which I find hilarious and adorable, but everyone else's reactions ranged from annoyed, tail, to downright disgusted. Legon. Mm. Tail gets the results back on the fingerprints. No match, which apparently is crazy because there is no way to really make it to adulthood without an ID. The forensics lady suggests that maybe he was a child who went missing before he could be fingerprinted. So thinking back to last episode, it sounds like this universe's Legon was probably killed by Lirim, which is super sad. Legon hears about this and reasons that this means the two worlds aren't exactly the same. I don't exist here just as you don't exist in my world, he says to Tail. My only lead was a picture of you, your name, and your birth date. You have a picture of me? Tail asks, looking none too happy. You'd better be careful, Legon responds. Anyone who talks down to me gets beheaded. Oh Tail God. wonders if perhaps he's a spy trying to use her to take down the police station. You don't look that important, Legon responds. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I know. I just love how he's like, he's like a little bitch, but he's also like, he's got some great comebacks. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to let you walk all over me, but also I'm in love with you. <laughs> I know. I do think that's so funny is that like straight out the gate, we just have like maximum infatuation on his part. Yes. I thought about you a lot. You look better in person. He explains that while some people like them don't exist in both worlds, people like Joe do. Tail reasonably still doesn't believe him. So you're from a parallel universe? Then prove it. Legon looks at her. Why are you looking at me like that? Tail asks. How should I look at you? He responds. Like you have the eyes of a petty criminal, Tail responds. <laughs> Legon launches into an explanation of quantum theory then, but has to interrupt himself because look, if there's one thing I know, it's that I have charming eyes. And my goodness, that was so funny to me. Because <laughs> he just like stops and puts his head down. And he's I, like, wait, um, no. No, I, I have very great eyes. <laughs> I do not look like a criminal. I'm beautiful. <laughs> but then this made me think that uh, because he's like, oh, people don't exist. There's some people that don't exist in both universes. But we know that he did exist. He's just dead. Mm. Like well, she probably exists in his universe. We just don't know it. Well, yeah, because. She's I the think, rabbit. Yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. It's like, I'd be surprised if it were that simple, though. But we'll see. Because in the first episode, when she looks into her back seat, it's her. And I could have swore she had the hoodie on. No, yeah, and I think so. But I guess I'm just like, I'm wondering if the whole stopping time and not aging thing could come into play. And like, that could also just be her, like, older or younger or something. Oh. I don't know. But then I don't the know. Why I think does that does make sense. I mean, it could if she were older, going back in time. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really fleshed this out. Hmm. Ligon once again starts to explain the theory and talks about how it's very possible for alternate worlds to exist. But this time, Tail interrupts him by just sticking a DNA swab in his mouth in the middle of a sentence. Okay, so my theory as to why them and Gon are, like, more comfortable with them, like, just happening upon a parallel universe is, one, they have a magic flute so like magic exists but also it seems like they take the parallel yeah. universe theory much more seriously at least that's what i got from what gone was explaining to her yeah i think for yeah legon it's like he is a mathematician so he kind of was always like yeah i guess i always assumed parallel universes exist kind of thing yeah for sure yeah i do think it is funny because i mean it's the same way that it's like well i'm you know i wouldn't be surprised if aliens exist but if i met an alien i'd still be like what the fuck yeah <laughs> So, like, yeah, from, like, a math perspective, I feel like Gon isn't surprised. And even then, from a magic perspective, Lim isn't surprised because he believed in the magic of exactly. the flu. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it's, like, magic versus math. <laughs> that sounds really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's straight up Flight of Dragons. If anybody's ever seen Flight of Dragons, that's the plot of that movie. Good to know. It's a movie from the 80s I loved as a kid. Oh, okay. But, um, what look at you? Oh, I also think, like, Legon just in general seems kind of like an unshakable guy. Yeah. Except for around our gal. Mm-hmm. Switch to the kingdom of Korea. Our favorite lady, the prime minister, is complaining about her cabinet members. She thought once she became PM, she would only have to deal with handsome men. <sighs> Big sigh. Her assistant points out that she chose the cabinet. They're interrupted by an elderly man who walks up to them, just staring coldly. They see him and leave, and he never appears again in this episode, but I'm assuming he's going to come up later. Yeah, and now we know why Oknam called her a bitch. Yeah, she's very two-faced. Yes, because she only cares about the publicity her position gives her. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. at home. Mm -hmm. The PM's assistant tells her the king's schedule opened up for the week and the prince's security level was raised. So the king ran off again, she remarks. Her assistant wonders if he has a woman. I need the whole nation to believe that woman is me, the PM remarks. I get the sense she is way more into the king's power than the king himself. Yeah. She looks through pictures of herself and the king basking in the adoring comments on the photos. So maybe it's not so much his power, but public adoration that she loves. Yeah. So... Neither of them are that into each other, I don't think. No. Back in the Republic, Tail lets Ligon go because she is a good cop. She asks how to contact him once she gets the DNA test back and finds out that he is 100% not that bitch. I knew you were going to do that! <laughs> it's so hard! Like, you cannot talk about DNA tests and not do that. 
It's impossible. 100%. That bitch. He hands her the name of a hotel recommended to him by Unsup. That's this universe's Yang, Captain Joe. Him. And I'm going to start calling him. Yeah, well, because we called him two different things. Because I'm like, Captain Joe. But see, that's so funny. Because I feel like he's only called Captain Joe like twice in the first episode. Yeah, but he's not really called Yang that often. He's just him. Capital he's H him. him. Well, he's Unsup now. And I'm going to start calling him that from now on to avoid confusion since he seems to play a pretty big part in both universes. Boop, boop. I hope he got double the paycheck. Yeah. Particularly for that wig, which now I'm worried maybe that's not a wig. Also, this this Joe is tied down. <laughs> he's got kids. He, Don't, it does look like he has kids, yeah. No Thurston. And he looks like he loved him so much. And Dude, he's so, so cute. cute. It was super cute. Do you know this is a five-star hotel? Tail asks. How are you going to pay for that? Do you have money? Ligon says he's going to get some and asks where the nearest jewelry store is. He pulls off a button from his coat. This is a diamond. It's a diamond, Tail asks. Then I'm Princess Diana. Cut to a jeweler proclaiming this is the most finely cut diamond he has ever seen. He's amazed. But where is it from? If you can't know that, it's a little sketchy. Tail is shook, but she reluctantly flashes her badge to the jeweler. You're a cop? The man asks. Yes, she stutters out. But Ligon <laughs> is on our poor gal's case immediately. Why don't you tell him about your other identity, Princess Diana? <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> so fun. I just, I love the banter of just constantly one-upping each other. Yes, like, that's too. peak relationship for me. Our pair is walking to the hotel. Ligon's smugness has unfortunately only increased since the diamond sale. The two joke around for a minute and then Tail goes to leave. Ligon suddenly gets serious. What, are, are you leaving? He seems panicked. It took 25 years for me to meet you. I wish today will be a long day. Get out of my way, Taylor responds. I already had a long day because of you. <laughs> I just like how he was so sweet. And then oh she was gosh. like, like, he was so sweet. But we kind of know him as an established character. Exactly. And he's no. like, I want this to be a long day. It's like, oh, that's so sweet. And she's like, no, because uh, yes, she She's doesn't like, know you. <laughs> she doesn't was. know you. So poor that it, I just like how realistic her reactions have been towards him. Yeah, well, it's like I mean, I think if we met this guy in the street and he's like, "I'm from another universe," you would also be like, "He is a madman. He is crazy. I do not want to spend time with him, especially alone." Yeah, but it is. I like because he could be so smug and arrogant and biting, but then. He just, he looks so, like, childlike, like, when she leaves him and stuff. Oh. And it's probably because he's, he's probably not used to being on his own at all. He's probably terrified. Yeah. Tail's phone rings then. It's the wife of Lee Sang-do, the murder victim. Tail steps around Ligon then, running off to work on her other case. And, damn it, Ligon looks so sad, and I'm shocked by how much it hurt me. Meh. Clearly, it really affected me. I just keep going on about it. <laughs> <laughs> at the hardware store, Tail questions the wife of the murder victim. Apparently, he was heavily in debt and would disappear often. While they're talking, Shinje discovers a bunch of crowbars under a tarp. Next, we go to Insip's home and we see he has two cute kids! <laughs> we also get a meta sponsor moment as he starts watching some Netflix while folding oh, laundry. Oh, I know! That was so funny! It was just like, boom, boom. Like, and I was just like, whoa, I, yeah, I was not Netflix. By the, <laughs> 
it became very real in that moment i was just like whoa they're breaking the fourth wall I'm, right whoa. well because at first i was like isn't that weird to advertise like obviously i'm paying for netflix if i'm watching this show but i guess in korea it's probably airing on a channel as well i must assume, i have to assume it has to be but mm, yeah She'd be like boom, boom i have netflix it's now apparently <laughs> the place to watch k-dramas it seriously is like they have really been stepping up their games with their game and props to them yeah i agree now they just need to add goblin oh my they have gosh it's the white whale if they ever do like i will i'm throwing a party mm. even if it has to be over facetime i'm throwing a party i because, will be there well yeah you're the only guest but <laughs> no. No. so you better be <laughs> I've, like, emailed them so many times. Like, do you have a title to recommend? And I'm like, Goblin. I'm, I'm like, Karen it up. <laughs> Get it. Unsup gets a call. It's a collect call from Legon asking him to pick up the phone. Unsup dismisses it, saying, no way. We cut then to Unsup carrying up a bunch of shopping bags into Legon's suite. I'm glad I managed to convince you after 13 attempts, he remarks. <laughs> Legon wants to catch up with his alternate universe friend. Side note. Ligon still has the writing crop flute in hand, which means he must carry it everywhere, which makes for a very interesting aesthetic. It does. <laughs> like, he really, he carries it everywhere. Like, imagine if you, imagine if I just carried a writing crop around. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> Again, we live in Texas. It may be a little less weird. A little strange. Like so a weird. little strange, but a little less weird. it's an English weird. thing. If you had a lasso, I would comment. <laughs> I never learned how to rope. Wish I did. I only ever did those ones at like the fair or whatever, Aww, where you like cute. swung it around your head and then you threw it at a wooden cow, and then oh, the that's thing. so cute. Yeah, I used to think it was so fun at the barn, like the big whips with the long tail, Ooh. and you just pop them. <laughs> <laughs> and you try to hit things with them. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> Not alive things, just like fences. <laughs> I to thought, be clear, I assumed no. you like hit like soda cans or like try to like hit them off of. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think I ever was that cool. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of dumb shit in my time, Kelsey. I can't remember it all. <laughs> Legon asks to see a photo of Unsip from when he was a kid. He sees that young Unsip and his father look exactly like Captain Joe and his father, further proof that this is indeed a parallel world. Do you think that the two of them in this Republic of Korea universe, like, knew each other as kids, but, like, didn't get to know each other oh, before Gone was that's killed? That's a good question. So that's they, an interesting theory. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I wonder if they were, that like, childhood friends. Yeah, it's like, how parallel is this world? Because yeah. part of me is also like, well, if all these people are in Busan, why are they in Seoul here? <laughs> Good question. Good question. So, how parallel are we? <laughs> Just then, he sees a text come in on Insip's phone from Taeli Nuna. The texts are quite threatening. She's angry and upset, Insip, because of a horse? We see that Legon needed a place to keep his 7th grade official, Maximus, and he heard that Tail had a good yard. Tail is standing in front of Maximus, who has quite the cute little makeshift stall in the parking yes. lot outside of her apartment. The woman who is with her, who seems to be the alternate universe version of the girl who is taking the pictures of Joe at the rowing race, 
<gasps> oh. I think okay. that's who that is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She remarks that Maximus doesn't seem like an ordinary horse. He's a seventh grade official, Dale responds. <laughs> of course, <laughs> the woman remarks, as if that explains it. Yes. <laughs> the woman and the man figure that they can't let whoever owns this horse out of sight. He must be rich if he owns a horse. Tail is much less enthused. Tail finds Legon at his hotel. She gets his attention by telling him he has 10 minutes to get down to the lobby or she's selling Maximus. <laughs> he comes bustling down, whip still in hand, and in this absurdly oversized sweater. I thought it was cute on him. I mean, it's cute, but it's just absurdly oversized. I don't know. Hopefully we'll a, have that conversation Yeah, again. this is the first time that I blatantly noticed the whip and i was like you're still carrying that around yeah no that's i think that's the most noticeable part yeah because yeah. it's just he has nothing else he's just a whip yeah he explains the situation is only temporary could you lend my dear maximus just 16 square meters of your lawn tail asks when the heck he's going back to his world legon says he's unsure he keeps postponing it because i like being here with you like this oh my god i know it's like what since when <laughs> Tail fights back her anger, saying that she will look after Maximus until the DNA test result comes in. She reaches back to tie her hair up. Poor Legon looks scared and asks her to stop, clearly afraid she's preparing for an ass-kicking. Tail finishes tying her hair, looking him in the eyes. Focus, will you? I'm going to look after your horse. Animals are innocent, but Kim Ke-dong might not be. Stay out of trouble unless you want to find out how much I can sell your horse for. Okay, the hair tying back thing... I got a different impression from it. I got the impression he was like, don't put up your hair. Like, I like your hair better down. Like, that whole thing of, like, you should leave your hair down that sometimes guys do. Oh, yeah, I could see. I thought about that, but, like, it seemed like they said a motif because she'd done it twice before, and it seems like she's doing it when she's about to, like, get down and dirty and, like, do something Mm. sort of, like, not super – I don't want to say not super feminine, but, like – because uh, what was the time before? It was like he was sitting across from her. And I think it was like when she reached over to like grab him to get his fingerprint. Like she did mm. that. So I think it's like he has like a Pavlovian response. Like, uh. oh, God, no. <laughs> don't kick me. <laughs> I hope. It's I don't know. Okay. I hope it's that yet. Because that's it's cuter than just being a annoying male. <laughs> I do like, though, since we always have to talk about um, uh, conventions and flipping them and all that. I do mm. like that he's like this regal princely math nerd and she's like very straight talker, physical. She's a fighter. Mhm. And I like that flip. Mhm. Me too. Back to the murder case. Tail and Shinje are with a forensic expert who decides the victim died from blunt force trauma to the head and the death occurred around 3 weeks ago. The victim's wound is similar to the wound on the head of the man they arrested, so there must be one weapon. The group thinks it could be the crowbars they found, or they call it a lever. I don't know the difference. I am useless, not at all handy. I think it's a crowbar. Thank you. I was like, what is a lever? (laughs) I mean, it does lever things. It does lever. I guess. I don't. You think I've ever used either? (laughs) How often are we using crowbars? To open things. I guess. Just a can. <laughs> I'm assuming this murder plot comes into play. Like, we keep covering it. I don't yeah. know. Because <laughs> they're uh, putting considerable time to it. But I'm like, how is it going to Because it makes me, it makes, what makes it, mm-hmm. my yeah. thought is that the men didn't kill the guy. 
but the guy hit them over the head or whatever. Lim saw it and was like, I can take care of that for you or oh, something Oh, yeah, it's, like it's going to come it. back to him? Yeah. That's a, that's a good theory. Yeah, that's a really good theory. Especially from what we see later on in this episode. Yep. Tail goes on the search for the murder weapon, but she keeps getting interrupted by Legon calling her to tell her mundane things he's discovering about this universe. It's very cute. It's very cute. Also, he keeps borrowing phones from women who think he's attractive. I know. We see a Buddhist temple, and a man is up in the scaffolding, restoring it by adding French by adding French paint. No, he's adding fresh paint. <laughs> <laughs> Quick lesson, this colorful style of paint that you see often on traditional Korean buildings is called tanchong and is based on the five basic colors which each represent a direction, north, south, east, west, and yellow representing the center. It takes skill and training to learn how to paint this way, so hats off to you, Lirim, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it looks really pretty. The building looks beautiful. Yeah, when I was just curious because, like, you see that all over in these temples in Korea. The monk is thankful for Lidim's work, but based on what we saw last episode of him messing around with paint, I don't think his motives are entirely altruistic here. No. Next, we go to the scene of a child's birthday party at a restaurant, and guess who's back? It's Solgum! Only already spoiled that, but I'm still excited. <laughs> She's there with her son, the birthday boy, and his friends. Everything is very sweet and happy, and I'm very nervous about what's about to happen because this is not the type of show that will just let me feel good. Right. The boy's friends say that they have a present for him. The boy is ecstatic, but as soon as he looks in the bag, his face falls. Inside the bag is a soccer ball, and the boy is in a wheelchair. His supposed friends start taking pictures of him and laughing, and I'm not one to usually advocate for murder, particularly of the underage sort, but if anything bad happens to these kids, I would not be sorry. You're right. Like, oh my, agree. I was furious. I, I'm fucking livid. Yeah, I mean, that, that his, fa his face. Ugh. The poor mother tries to move on and blow out the candles, but the kids say they have to leave. Her son is understandably upset. He leaves to go to the bathroom and his mother starts to cry, bowing her head in prayer. A figure comes up then. We see that it's Lirim. What did you pray for? He asks. Oh, I wish my son can walk, the mother replies, still tearful. That won't happen, Lidum says. Your child will never get to walk. However, you can make those children limp. Would you like to change the prayer? And, oh, I had such chills. Oh, I know. It was, I even have chills so, now just thinking about it. It was so good. Like, revenge gets me going like <laughs> nothing else. Like, I know he's the villain, but I was like, oh, it's just, it's, it's like the same thing as like the whole... God doesn't create man, weak men create God, that yeah. whole thing. Like, yeah. saying, it's just like, oh, that's so good. Like, it was just a good line. Because, yeah, he's he's created himself to be God. Yeah, exactly. When I like, because it's this, such this twisted logic, and it is, it's the fallacy of revenge of, like, well, you can't do something positive, so you have to do something to equal, like, if you can't lift yourself up, you have to bring them down. Yeah. And it's just so good. Yeah. And it's like, I do, I like how they set it up that, like, in that situation, like, I'm, I was joking. Obviously, I'm not going to advocate for three children getting harmed. But in that scenario, it's like, you, you feel for her and you're mm -hmm. kind of, you're like, yes. Like, you, it's yeah. like, it's almost like he's not a bad guy in that moment. Yeah. So I don't know if he's some kind of, like, anti-goblin, great to people dark wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
Sometime later, we hear on the radio that three children were struck by a truck while jaywalking. They're not expected to make a full recovery. Oof. Someone, like, does, does Liam have a plan? Or did he just genuinely feel sorry for that woman and her son? Or is it, like, as a black sheep himself, he took pity on another outsider? Like, it's very, like... Does he have a slight altruistic side? Yeah. Or is this part of some greater plan of him going out and doing these kind of evil things? Yeah, I don't understand his intentions yet. It's very interesting. I love how it's just slowly revealing. Like, we don't get the full story. Yeah. Love it. At a flower shop, we see a woman buying flowers for her dead son's birthday. It's Ligon's mother from this universe. We flash back to where we left off with her finding Lirim in her apartment after her husband was killed. Yidim backs her into a corner. The doorbell rings. It's the police. They're here because of her son. She goes to answer the door, but is interrupted. Your son tripped at a reservoir and drowned. Your husband was killed in a hit-and-run accident. Both your husband and your son had suspicious deaths. Now the whole world will accuse you. What do you want to do now? Do you want redemption? And that, that moment, I was just like, oh yeah, he's the bad guy. I remember now. Yeah, exactly. It goes back to that master manipulator, that spider, the scent of the web. Mm-hmm. Like, I did these things, but you have to rely on me now. You have no other choice. Yep. Back in the present, the woman places flowers on the grave of her son, Lee Jihun, meaning in this world, the king is dead. Tail is interrogating the murder suspect. He denies any part of it. He insists he was attacked on his way back from a bar. Go and check the footage. Tail and Shinje head to the bar. They're checking the footage, and Tail leans in over Shinjay's shoulder, clearly making him a little uncomfortable. I think our boy has a crush on his coworker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also, like, Thanks. dude, I don't blame you. She's super cool. Right? I agree. Back at the station, the team is working on the... Also, I just <laughs> interrupt myself. He just, he's a shy boy, and I don't know. The, the shy boy crushes are so cute. He's so cute. Also, to go back to this, because I don't know why not. Um, I definitely have the feeling that. What is her name? Which one? The 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 lady who Lim was like, you're stuck with me now. Like, do you want redemption? Oh, uh, I mean, I just call her Legon's mom in this okay, universe. Ligon, Lee yeah, Ji-hoon's mom. mom. I don't. Yeah. Um. I definitely have a feeling she's going to cross paths with Legon and it's going to be Oh yeah. trippy AF because uh I'm like excited but, like, how but did she not. recognize him is the other thing though. How did Keith's mom recognize him? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I've been foiled. <laughs> you brought logic to this. <laughs> I can't disagree. A mother always knows. Well, the thing that I wonder is, where is his mom in his universe? Is she dead? Was she already dead? What happened to her? I'm going to assume she's dead. She been dead. (laughs) She been dead. I'm going to assume. Yeah. Well, so maybe that, maybe he's going to see her and be like, oh, my my dead mother. Like, he's going to have an emotional reaction. Like, you know, like you would. As one does. (laughs) As one does. As you do. (laughs) When you see your long dead mother in a parallel universe. (laughs) we've all been there <laughs> yeah. call me crazy <laughs> completely relatable <laughs> back at the station the team is working on the case it's clear the victim attacked the suspect and ended up killed himself done they notice it's 10 and go to head home but tail stops them 
How did the victim get the suspect's phone number and home address in the first place? There was no way he could have paid someone for the information. The team tries to reason with her. They just need to find the murder weapon. Tomorrow we'll scavenge. Exactly! Tail slams the table. Let's go home. It's becoming clear who exactly wears the pants in this team. Yes, it's her. <laughs> it is our gal. Mm. In the yard, Tail brings some carrots for Maximus, and it's so cute. It is so cute. <laughs> she even got organic ones since he seemed like a high-class horse. For whatever reason, Maximus is a little stinker and refuses to accept them. Yes. Which... I guess Rude. maybe it goes back to him not liking women. Oh, yeah. Maximus is sexist. What the heck, Maximus? Not so cute anymore. Maybe he's sexist and gay. Who knows? <laughs> he's sexist <laughs> and gay. It's sort of like they cancel each other out. <laughs> no, they don't have to cancel each other out. There's definitely <laughs> gay sexist people out there, you know? Or horses. He's a And he's a white supremacist. <laughs> These are just things I heard, you know, <laughs> about Maximus. I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good boy. Teo wonders where Maximus's owner is. She finds Legon at the library, studying Korean history. Unsip tells her Legon's been there for three days. Teo goes to sit down, which, like, he must smell. Come on, guys. <laughs> That's all I thought. I was like, you unwashed heathen. I was just like, you're a nerd. What a nerd. <laughs> you fucking nerd. <laughs> fucking nerd. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's like here I am telling this beautiful man who's stuttering. stuttering? <laughs> what? <laughs> Studying the history of this country, and then all these women are giving him this free food and free drinks, <laughs> and I'm just over here going, "Hey, you fucking nerd!" Like I could even compete. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> This is the difference between American and Korean society. They're like, wow, he's so well read. I'm like, nerd. <laughs> Can you play football, though? <laughs> Can you shotgun a beer? <laughs> Unsip tells Tail that Legon's been there for three days. Tail goes to sit down with him, and he looks adorably excited to see her there. There are a bunch of women at the tables around him who start whispering and wondering if Tail is his girlfriend. The women have left a bunch of drinks with notes for him, which Legon just thinks means the people of this universe are so kind. I know. Legon announces that he discovered in his reading about the presidential system. Tail is unimpressed. I don't think she likes all the attention Legon is getting, and goes to leave. Legon follows, much to the dismay of the crowd of women. The pair head to get food at Barbecue Olive Chicken. Hey, oh yeah, I yeah. miss this place. <laughs> Me Feels too. like going home. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, next we just need a subway outing yes. that's all i'm missing legon isn't eating because no one has tested his food for poison oh. tail starts to get mad and his dramatic ass is like if i die then these will be my last words <laughs> thank you for everything it's because so he's so dramatic but like oh you know i love you know i love a dramatic boy you do thank you for everything because you existed somewhere i was less lonely for the last 25 years and that was actually kind of sweet it was sweet also, makes like, no sense to her, but... No, it does not. Well, she's... I mean, that's even more. She's like, this is a psycho who somehow has my picture and knows my name and is, like, in love with me. Yeah. But she also seems to think that this was kind of sweet. As Legon takes a risk and digs in. Legon shares what he discovered about this universe's history and how it dis 
and how it differs from his own. Apparently, the history of this country separated since Prince Sohyun, which, for reference, Prince Sohyun was born in the early 17th century and was selected as crown prince when his father took the throne through insurrection. He later volunteered himself as a hostage to King, and while there, he worked to improve relations with King China and Joseon Korea. He also came in contact with Western missionaries and learned about their culture and religion, Catholicism. When he returned to Korea years later, his father despised him and believed he was trying to modernize Korea by bringing in Western ideas and religion and weird how this sounds like Hodam, am I right? Mm-hmm. Sohyun... <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> she raised her hand. What does insurrection mean? A rebellion. Ah, okay. <laughs> that was so cute. Teacher. Teacher. I feel bad because I feel like I keep... What? what? I don't know when, like, the pause is long enough or, you know, because it's like we're on a delay. That's the only awkward thing. <laughs> it's like, can I keep going? Yeah. Do you have something to say? I don't want to interrupt you. Teacher. <laughs> yes, Miss Maple. Sohyun died shortly after his return to Korea under mysterious circumstances. He was found bleeding in the king's room, and many believed he was murdered by his own father. His wife was executed for treason, and his children were banished from mainland Korea, with only one returning alive. So, Damn. that's the sad story of our world. <laughs> in Ligon's world, Sohyun became king and stopped the king invasion. That's confusing. There's one spelled with a Q. I don't know if that helps. Ah, <laughs> China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. History has been separated since then. Tail still doesn't really believe him, asking if he writes online novels. Leon has a flashback to him as a child, speaking with the head court lady. Side note, they're watching a white pony run around in the arena frantically. And are we supposed to believe that's baby Maximus? Because I hope not. Because that is clearly, <laughs> that is clearly a pony. I'm just, I'm hoping that was just his, like, childhood pony. <laughs> but also, I didn't understand, because we're just, like, the horse is, like, and, like, fucking around. No, I said bucking, not fucking. I don't know why it matters. I've said fucking before. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to know I didn't waste a swear on that one. <laughs> but apparently only white ponies and horses are that's right? all that's good enough for the king. Well, if I'm going to go, like, full horse girl... Technically, they're not white. They're gray. Only albino horses are white. But I never, I don't know. I always thought that was stupid. That is stupid. Yeah, it's, stupid. it's a white horse. It, if it looks white, it is white. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is this? Off green. Off green. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is horse world right there for you. <laughs> and that is equestrianism in a sentence. <laughs> Ligon asks about that knight. He says he heard the sound of a flute, and that's what pulled him out of bed. I feel like you made me say flute, world. It's your fault. <laughs> I'm blaming you. Why'd you do this to I me? I haven't said anything. <laughs> Kelsey, be quiet over there. <laughs> I'm the one that said flute. flute. It, it's, it's a flute. flute. I've had to say flute so often because there's a person in my apartment oh, yeah. complex during this quarantine <laughs> who <laughs> has decided to take up the flute. Which is a great anecdote because like forever ago when we were recording an episode of Ricky Historian <laughs> and it was like super late at night and then my sound 
recorder stopped working and I was so frustrated and I was like living trying to figure out how to get it to work and all of a sudden just <laughs> and you just could not stop laughing and I was like I'm gonna strangle you <laughs> This this flautist must die. <laughs> just give our life some, you know, background music. Just this pretty flute playing the background. He heard the sound of the flute, and that's what pulled him out of bed. Do you think it was the sound of manpa shi jok? I'm never going to say that again. Of course not, says the court lady. Manpa shi jok, I lied, doesn't make any sound. The flute. The flute. <laughs> I heard the flute. <laughs> I went out in my lederhosen. <laughs> what is the origin of the flute? Apparently, it's what that guy said, actually. The origin of the flute? Oh, I thought you of that specific flute. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's France. Oh, really? Apparently. Flute. Just hold your nose. Flute. <laughs> <laughs> How to say flute in French. <laughs> <laughs> Update on my life. I think I have heartburn. <laughs> Add it to the list. Oh, are you stressed? Are you stressed and upset? <laughs> I just want to take a shower and go to sleep. I know, it's super late. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're almost done, though. I think. I question mark. Uh, yeah, I'm close to the end. I was going to say, I have a whole nother hour, <laughs> according to your schedule. <laughs> Miss took two hours. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm we sorry. went off on a couple tangents, which I didn't record. It's fine. <laughs> Shh, uh, they don't have to know. <laughs> but I feel like I might not say something that we refer to. In yeah, this we might not. <laughs> episode. We'll see. So then I have a typo where Legon replies, "I definitely heart it like a sixth grade middle school girl. <laughs> I, heart I heart it. it, but actually he heard it. I couldn't even mm. hear the gunfire because the flute was too loud." The court lady looked sad. She didn't realize he remembered everything that happened that night. He held on to two things from that night. He asks if one of them is the whip she is holding, and if she has the other one. Court lady no, answers yes, and pulls out the flute whip. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was really <laughs> I did it just, I was like, this is delicious, I must. Court lady no, answers yes. <laughs> She pulls out the flute lip. What is that? A fruit loop? <laughs> okay. Whew, it is 11 p.m. We're really struggling. It is 11 p.m. We're really struggling with the flute. <laughs> this <laughs> damn flute. You know what? Goblin just had a sword. You know how easy it is to say sword? <laughs> I don't know. Sword. 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 The sword. Oh. I mean, you know, there's always there's always gonna be one word for every show. Eunuch and flute. <laughs> she pulls out the flute whip as well. As, why is it funny now? Because <laughs> it sounds funny. It's it's a flute it's whip. A flute whip. <laughs> All right. It's flute she pulls that out as well as Tail's identity card. She says both are strange. A flute should make no noise, and a thing. W- oh wait. Oh, f- never mind. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Strong statement, which I agree with. <laughs> a flute that should make no noise, and a thing which a flute should make. 
right, everybody together now. <laughs> okay. Ronald, you're being very loud on the flute over there. <laughs> you should be making no noise. <laughs> everybody should know I'm laughing, but I'm laughing so hard I'm not making any fucking laugh at a flute for 30 minutes uh and i like how like neither of us was like oh yeah man pa she jog or whatever we're like yeah that's fine but a flute <laughs> that's fucking funny <laughs> oh, man. oh my goodness okay so the court lady says both are strange a flute that should make no noise and a thing which should never have existed she had hoped his majesty had not remembered with a sigh, she hands both to him. Is this a secret between us? The king asks. Yes, the court lady answers. Ligon looks at the items, wondering if they hold the answer to why he survived that day. Back in the modern day, Ligon wonders why Tail never believes anything he says. Is that how it works? She responds. Am I just supposed to believe everything you say? And honestly, if someone came up to me ranting about an alternate universe, there's no way I'd believe them either. Same. Then she says, I'm the type of person who still can't believe the earth is round. And what the heck? Next time, warn me you're a flat earther before I start defending your tail. <laughs> Same. I'm just like, um, well. Before anyone comes for our gal, I think she, it was just a figure of speech. Yeah. Then why are you helping me? Ligon asks. There's no reason. I just do it. Tail responds. I'm a police officer of the Republic of Korea with a K. Uh, and a good girl. Yee. Captain Joe is still searching for the king, and he tries to chase down that white rabbit. He sees someone wearing the same hoodie and pulls them off their skateboard, but it's a boy. I think it's funny that the boy recognizes Captain Joe. I guess he's, like, kind of royal adjacent celebrity. <laughs> the boy explains that the hoodie is his class uniform, which is really strange to me. That is so strange like, to me. I do your thing, Korea with a C, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, but then part of me is like, how deep does this rabbit conspiracy go? <laughs> Did she give it to this kid and be like, if somebody stops you, tell them it's a part of your school uniform? Maybe. And Captain Joe is just dumb enough to believe it. That poor, poor, poor handsome poor boy. Poor handsome boy. Yeah. Next, we see the girl who is taking pictures at the rowing match. The one who is understandably obsessed with Captain Joe. She looks up to see the man himself standing over her table. And he remembers her. Yeah. Like... Well, I mean, made an impression. Uh, maybe, or he's just doing his job. He asks to look through her camera. She obliges and then immediately worries because the entire role is just close ups on him. Yang says uh. nothing about it, just asking her to send him the photos over email. The girl is. Did one of the pictures show Lim on one of the photos? I couldn't did swore it? I saw that. I didn't notice if I it did. That would be swore. insane. That would, maybe you're right. That'd be awesome. I could have. I might have to watch that section well, again. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if it did, but I would I, think they'd bring it up again. But maybe not. Maybe it was a little Easter egg. I don't know. I don't know, but I could have swore I saw him, and I was like, "Yeah, Young, are you gonna like bring that up?" And then he doesn't, and I'm like, "We'll have to watch." Maybe again. I saw it wrong. Maybe it was Young, and I mistook him for Lim. I don't know. I'll have to watch it again. 
The girl is just so excited to be any help at all, and of course agrees, remarking, he's so cool, to which Yang replies, I can hear you. (laughs) Cool as a cucumber. He writes down his email and leaves without saying a word, like a true cool guy. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what you're wondering. That email address, is it active? Well, as the in-depth researcher that you know I am, of course I immediately shot an email off to that address. No response. In fact, I don't think it exists, but I am terrible at reading cursive, so it could be user error. I spent like 10 minutes and tried multiple addresses in case I was reading it wrong, but none of them existed. So, I hope our girl got in contact so our boy can get his picture, because he looked great in them. Oh my god. I tried so hard to email because it shows it so clearly. So I'm like, they want me. They want me to email this. What is the Easter egg here? And I tried so many different emails. So if you look in the spam in our dramatized Gmail account, you'll see me just emailing all these different addresses that don't exist. I couldn't tell what it was. I just, every email just said, please, big fan, please respond. (laughs) So they should have responded as I am a big fan. (laughs) You should have typed out um gon's voice message to what's his face oh like to insert place yeah. i need you to answer i need you to answer right now captain joe shares with court lady no that he believes the king was chasing after the same woman as the thugs he was chasing a woman the court lady asks it seems like she is far less worried about his majesty's disappearance now yeah Meanwhile, Ligon is worried because his funds have dried up, by which I mean he has sold all his diamond buttons and somehow managed to spend presumably tens of thousands of dollars in just a few days. What? Possibly hundreds of thousands? I don't know. <laughs> but either way, dude, I told you that sweater was a waste. <laughs> I liked it. He's feeling lonely and blue, so he goes to seek comfort in 7th grade official Maximus, and also probably to find Tail. Nadi, who is this universe's version of Camera Girl, pulls up in a sports car just then. Apparently she has two, and Ligon watches her with envy. He thinks a fellow rich person may understand him. He goes into the cafe that houses the parking lot for Maximus's stall. I don't know how to describe this, but hopefully you've seen the show and you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Nadi seems to work there, which I guess they must really pay well. Maybe she owns it? I'd be like, well, how does she have two sports cars? <laughs> yeah, my assumption was that she owned this place. I guess I still feel like even if you have like a little cafe, like you can't make that much money. Maybe. Maybe she's franchising. It might be a chain. Yeah, get it, girl. Well, then it's interesting that she still works there, but we like, we like a working woman. Yeah. She recognizes Ligon as the man with the horse. He introduces himself as the king of Korea with a C, and Nari is impressed by his concept. He requests a cup of milk tea, but is stuck with a cup of free water when Nari tells him it'll be $5. Sad, pathetic boy, Ligon is sitting with Maximus when Shinje comes up. He calls up to Tail and realizes who exactly Ligon is when the king gets excited to see Tail peeking out of the window, mainly because everyone keeps telling him there's a handsome man about, and this must be him. Ligon hotly asks Shinje what exactly his relationship with Tail is. Shinje tells him to stop saying bullshit. Shinje snaps a pic, a mugshot, just in case, and Ligon reaches over and pops up Shinje's hood. Just making sure you are my savior, he says. The two engage in some serious male posturing, which ends with Ligon telling Shinje, be careful, the heading is my kindest offer. 
And what do you think is my kindest offer? Shinjay asks. I'm the kindest when I just met someone. If I see you again, there will be more than just kind words. Shinjay leaves to go to dinner. We go inside to Tail's house and see a row of pictures. It looks as though she and Shinjay have been friends for a long time, growing up together. How am I not going to support friends to lovers trope? I know he's the second male lead, but come on. See, I didn't ever get the impression that he was the second male, male lead. Well, like now I get that. <laughs> I mean, he has a crush on her, so I assume they're not yeah. gonna. I mean, I assume it's gonna come to a head. Yeah, somehow. but I had the impression, like when this first started. I mean, like whenever this all first started, that it was gonna be Gone and Young or Captain Joe. I know. I did wonder and... if Joe was gonna play a part, but yeah, it seems like he's just in the bromance, the bromance time. But maybe I don't know. The bromance time. I don't know. I kind of. I hope it's not a love triangle. Me either. Like, at least Descendants of the Sun and Goblin, they didn't have love triangles. And I liked that. Yeah. We flash back to 2006. Tail is trying to help her dad figure out how to get more students for his Taekwondo studio. She has an idea. She perches herself in an open window, wearing her Taekwondo uniform. Cherry blossoms are falling. She pushes back her hair coquettishly as a group of high school boys walk by. They stop for a moment, but soon keep walking, not taken in by the girl in the window. Except for one boy who stays behind, entranced. It's Shinjay! He walks into the Yay. studio, and I guess it means this poor boy has been infatuated with our gal since then. Also, can we talk about how the dad just bought a bunch of eggs? Yeah, well, no. It was exchange for tuition. <laughs> oh, okay. Also, how he, like, paid her for <laughs> sitting in a window. Yeah. She's funny. like, it worked. It worked. So now you have to pay me. He's like, I'm surprised. Back in the present, Tail leaves for dinner. She sees Legon waiting diligently in the parking lot. What are you doing here? She asks. He says he's coming with her. No, you aren't. Have quality time with your seventh grade official. Tail tells him and leaves. But as she's walking, she thinks of her time spent with Legon and goes back to get him. She finds him standing sullenly in the parking lot. Why are you still standing here? She asks. You really shouldn't treat me like this, he interrupts. It upsets me. Why would you leave me? You're the only person I know in this world. (laughs) He's so dramatic. I know. (laughs) Tao wonders how is she the only person in the world he knows. She doesn't know him, so how does he know her? Legon explains about finding her ID card 25 years ago. But 25 years ago, I was only five, Tao responds. How could someone find my ID card then? Legon tells her he doesn't know, but that her ID card was issued on November 11th, 2019, and he has been waiting for that day. Tao gets serious. November 11th? That's Leonardo DiCaprio's birthday. Were we just meant to be... (laughs) this made me laugh so hard i I just i love how she's just like zero bullshit tolerance she tells legon to stop being delusional go see a doctor with the money he got from the diamond legon reveals he doesn't have any left you must have a family and they must be worried about you tail says family legon mutters and he seems to think of something is that what you wanted to know i'm still single which means i don't have any immediate family therefore (laughs) right therefore i have just made a very important decision i am going to give you the position where you have to know who i am okay fine what is it tail asks legon steps forward and taylor taylor (laughs) taylor Taylor. (laughs) that's her white girl name (laughs) legon steps forward and tail looks so over it she does it was a fantastic reaction so good and it was in slow-mo too yes lieutenant jong tail I take you to be my wife, the queen. You just became the reason why I should stay in this world. 
Poor Tail relents that Legon isn't just half crazy, he must be completely crazy. But the king just stares at her with a satisfied smile. End of episode two! Oh my goodness, he's so dramatic. Right? Like, we are, we are moving quickly, boy. That's the end of the first two episodes. I love the witty banter. It reminds me of what I've enjoyed in this screenwriter's previous dramas. So I had to yes. write it down because it was just so much fun. Thankfully, at least so far, it hasn't been as fast. Oh my god, Goblin is so fast. That would be so hard to take notes. Yeah, and I feel like at some point we're probably going to have to get economical about it, but we'll see. So it's like still pretty much. So yeah, these episodes will be a little bit longer because we're still setting up. Yeah, particularly, yeah. What's going on. That first episode. We'll see. (laughs) Especially when, you know, when, you know there's parallel universes and you have to explain what's right. going on in each parallel universe and there's alternate selves and people killing your alternate self and jeez jeez yeah and so magical bear, flutes magical flute <laughs> so bear with it i don't I, hopefully as it goes on we'll be able to tighten it up a bit but i think the first episode always takes a little bit of time yay i'm so excited i just i'm like so excited to watch this drama i cannot wait for the weekend me too i felt like these two episodes were very strong openers so i for sure very excited to continue all right lisa we gotta wrap this up my phone's about to die all right this has been episodes one and two of the king eternal monarch these shows always must be these shows always like anticipate anticipation I was anticipating you being like rookie historian and I was ready for it and you were like the king the internal monarch or whatever and I was like no all these k-dramas and their ellipses or not the ellipses yes. they're colons <laughs> they're colons well uh thank you for listening yeah follow us on twitter at dramatized pod yeah so you can know all these crazy updates we have when we just yes <laughs> change everything yes when wine gets spilled on laptops. It do be like that. It do well, be like we that. We will see you next Wednesday for episodes three and four. And until then, don't get traumatized. By the dramatized. Did you forget? I did. <laughs> <laughs>